Hi, I'm Michael Horn, authorized American media representative for the Billy Meyer UFO Contacts, and I'm here for the Just Conversation podcast, Let's Rip and Roll. Warning, this program contains strong themes meant for a mature audience. Discretion is advised. Welcome to the Just Conversation podcast, the show where I, your host Jack, speak to incredibly interesting scholars and creatives from all walks of life, all everything of all things. I love talking to people. I'm a weird, extroverted, strange perspectivist, devil's advocate, philosopher-ish troll guy. Your neighborhood Spider-Man, in other words. Minus the quirky, always joke-cracking, sometimes I just get really serious and ask really disturbing questions and make you question your own sanity. Because that's who I am. Anyways, as you guys know, this show involves a second person, not just me. Although, before I introduce a person, I guess technically it is just me talking to myself like a crazy person. Because that's what I be doing. I talk to my, I leave this microphone, all, all jokes aside, I walk away and I'm just talking to me. People be around me and they be like, yo, Jack, what you, and I just look at them and then I look the other way and start talking to myself again. And they're like, did you just ignore me and talk to your imaginary friend? And then I look back at them and I'm like, shut up, you illusion. And then I start talking like, look at that crazy hallucination I'm having. As I talk to the crazy hallucination I'm having. And then I wake up in a mental institution and realize all of it was an illusion. Anyways, aside from those facts of life or whatever that might be, uh, this show always has a guest. And today's guest is a particularly fascinating, interesting, and unique individual who, on top of being a, uh, a man who, a documentary creator, he is a expert on the Billy Meyer UFO cases. He is highly involved with all of the things related to Billy Meyer, the teachings, the cases, the UFOs. Um, he's in, in general connected to UFO, U, ufology. I believe that's the correct terminology for that, ufology. And he's highly connected to that. And he, the last time he was on this show, he dropped like a nuclear bomb of a explosive knowledge on me I'd, I'd looked into him in preparation and i just was not was not ready for how much information exists inside this man's head but also there was no way to truly understand the depth of how much billy has written throughout time and the fact that michael is so closely related to all the work he's always digging through it always sifting through it always reading it always interpreting it and it's it's completely fascinating. This is um this is an episode you guys definitely need to stick around for. It's a it's oh it's so worth it. It's so worth it. I am so excited to have this conversation with him because last time I began with a plethora of questions as the ball got rolling and it's just like what the hell is happening and as it got deeper and any skeptical thought I had I would ask and. 
Michael, with complete kindness and critical thought, would try to approach, even if he did not know the answer, he would think back into the informational bank of all the things Billy has said and taught and written, and come up with a conclusion that would make complete sense based on the teachings and based on physical reality. Billy is highly informed. Michael is informed on all the things of Billy, and it's 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 hard to even explain. This is the kind of thing you have to dive into yourself. And luckily, we got Michael here again to come and talk. We have questions from listeners, from you. We have questions from you. And, well, those of you who know about them. And those of you who don't, get get ready. Get ready. You don't understand what's about to happen in your life. Be ready to be highly informed, highly mind-blown by the immense knowledge that comes with Michael Horn and the Billy Meyer contact cases. So you can find all of Michael's things, all his, uh, all, all, all the blogs he's put, all the data he puts about, um, all his work, all his, uh, anything about Billy, anything about himself. You can find them on his websites, right? So you can get that stuff on, uh, fly, theyfly.com, on theyflyblog.com. You can also find, uh, uh michaeltheyfly.com. Those are the websites. As well as uh, you could find his film if you want to watch uh, the film related to Billy that he uh, himself wrote, and it's his documentary. You could find, uh, you just search it up, The Silent Revolution of Truth. And uh, yeah, you you guys be ready, because this is about to be amazing. I'm excited for when he gets here. This conversation is going to be great. I know it's going to be fascinating. There's no way this is going to be a short conversation, because there's a lot. There's a lot. Last time there was a lot. This time there's more, because there's questions from you guys. And I also know that Michael has things he wants to speak to us about. So I'm just excited. I'm so freaking excited. Anyways, hope you guys enjoy. Here goes the amazing Michael Horn. As far back as 2004, I've been saying to people that the Billy Meyer contacts, or the Billy Meyer UFO contacts, if we want to include that, of course, because that's what they are, is about something far more than... Well, then, you know, great UFO photos and and that type of a thing. It's about our future survival. And I've hammered away at that for the longest time. And, you know, we've spoken about what's happening now. I mean, everybody's talking about COVID and or Russia. So this is something that uh, I'll, I'll kind of go into the COVID thing first, if you want. Go for it. Go for it. All right. Now, there's some things I won't go. There's a history to this that goes back not only to 1989 and 1995 and 2003, but actually as far back as about, I think, 1948, when this information was first being presented and documented in the Meyer case. Now, that sounds funny because he was nine years old. Maybe get more about that more later. So I'll give you a, a little, you know, overview of the last two years and a couple of months. 
January of 2020, I, um, I was interviewed on a CBS TV show in San Diego, a news show. And they said something about, well, what's controversial in the Billy Meyer case and all that? I said, well, it's so much. But I said, you know, one of the things is there's this new disease, right? The coronavirus. And at that time, I don't think it was as yet called COVID-19. And I said, the thing is that Billy Meyer has been publishing information about the co uh, coronavirus since at least 1989, when he stated that there would be a lung epidemic started by the release of a man-made or genetically engineered pathogen coming out of a bioweapons lab in Guangdong, China. And some years later, the SARS pandemic came out of the Guangdong lab. And uh, I didn't have more information at the time, but I, I gave her a little. I didn't probably even say as much as all that then. It was in February, somewhere around the 20th or 21st, I was invited to be interviewed on this Coast to Coast show that I've done at least 20 times. And I reiterated that little bit of information about Billy Meyer. And, you know, now we know there's this pandemic going on. And it was just a small part of the show because it would be two or three days later that I would get an email from Switzerland with an English language translated document. And I have that document in front of me. And it was called Harsh Truth from Playaren about SARS COVID or COV-2 pandemic. And everything that I have on that page was uh, included in it. And what I'm going to do is read off some of the bullet points, maybe all of them are not that many, but more than a dozen, perhaps. Yeah, I'm already uh, astounded <laughs> looking at this. Yeah. Go through it, go through it. Yeah. Uh, remember, folks, this is, I received this on February 23rd. And of course, I'll just tell you the other part, and then I'll come back to this. I called the show back to say to them, give me five minutes to let the people in your audience, your million listeners, know what this is really about. This is no, this is no lightweight thing coming your way. They refused. They absolutely refused. Well, you've been on before. You're not a doctor. I said, wait a minute. You've just had me off. Talk about Billy Meyer's prophecies and predictions. You might want to know. Well, they shut it down. So I'm leaving it at that as far as that goes. However, here are some of the ones. This is already a pandemic and must be treated as such. Now I'm going to tell you about that a little more. I published that February 25th, the WHO and CDC officially published that. I think it's on March 16th. No, March 11th. But Meyer had already published that in German. I think it's either November or December of 2019. So he's already, uh, you know, two months prior. It's a pandemic. Now, you have to understand, I never have any theoretical information sent to me by Meyer. They are statements of fact, as far as they are concerned. And if they don't know something, they also say that. So here we had, it's a pandemic, must be treated as such. Avoid airplanes, ships, mass transportation, and crowds. In other words, self-isolate. Don't travel. 
we're getting to why in a moment. And well, well, hold on, hold on, hold on. This is this blew my freaking mind. So, okay, something that was mandated not just at the beginning because we had the it was called a pandemic on March, and then we had an entire next month of watching it slowly evolve and just observing other countries before yep. the world decided lockdowns and masks <laughs> and social distancing. So he's four months ahead of this. Oh yeah. And you'll, as I say, actually many years, but yes, four months ahead. But we're going to get to that because this is just the first presentation. And this is all dated, correct? Like this could all be oh, just, yeah. oh wow. This is copyright verified. Holy crap. You, you know, when you, when you realize that this is courtroom, I can walk into a courtroom and show that this is the unaltered information that we published verifiably February 25th, 2020. And it gets better. So now we get stay at home, avoid exposing yourself to risk of infection. That's part of the self-isolation. The real number of infections and deaths are already much higher than reported. And it will continue. It continued to be that way. And there's more on that. Actual incubation period up to four weeks to three months, not five days. Spread by asymptomatic people. Airborne, through the air, breath, clothing, etc. Breathing masks are useless. Now, that was referring to the surgical masks. They eventually told us what to use. The virus penetrates surgical masks, bandanas, etc., because it's obviously so small. Full body protective suit, like a hazmat suit, Ebola-like stuff, Breathing apparatus are the only real protection. And this became very important. And then hermetic quarantine required must be longer than two weeks. Asian races initially most susceptible, but will spread to others. Okay, wow. Okay, okay, hold on, hold on. Because he did say that it was start specifically in China, and he actually named the town. He name-dropped the town that it would begin, and it did start at that town, but he also oh. knew that it would spread through Asia pretty dominantly and then much later become a problem elsewhere. Well, that remember, that one was the 1989 prophecies for the 2003 SARS. Wait till you find out the rest. We, we're getting to it because he actually tells where it came from. I, and I mean, really tells where it came from, but we're getting, we're getting there. Hermetic quarantines, you see, those are airlocks. And the reason they said that is because what we didn't know at the time is that when people have this disease and they're asymptomatic, they go into medical facilities, they spread it to the personnel and to other patients, and then the medical personnel are taking it home. Okay. And this is true. This thing spread like crazy, but more to come. The virus becomes more aggressive over time. It mutates, right? Claiming more lives. Children are mainly immune and the main hidden spreaders of the disease. But, of course, they tell us, and it's in here, too, you'll see that children will not remain immune. You'll see, we're just starting. China and the U.S. suppress the truth for political and economic reasons. Oh, big surprise. And the WHO is culpable for not immediately proclaiming a pandemic risk. Now... Since all of this will be available, you know, with links and everything, and people can read it and you and all you want, this is fleshed out here. 
you you have to understand right up here, if you can see my cursor jumping around, the current SARS-CoV-2 virus or the coronavirus, as it's popularly called, was accidentally and unintentionally carried off and released from two secret laboratories in Wuhan, which they had also published in 2019 in German. And we have that. Yes, and that was yep. only confirmed to be true at the beginning of 2021. Yeah, and they still argue about it. it's true. Well, I mean, this is – you pull the thread on this, wait till you see where it goes. We're just touching on it. And we can do as much or as little as you want. I want you to understand that this is – I want you to see a few more things, but this is the most impeccably accurate information on COVID that exists. And we have suffered from the censorship, the suppression, and the outright utter ignorance, criminal negligence, and incompetence of leaders, in quotes, worldwide, the media, you name it. So this is all the stuff they address all this. This is all the, what can you do and all, you know, and you'll, I'm going to jump to something in a moment, but this just goes on and on. And then overpopulations mentioned here is a separate thing. But this was the introductory thing. Now, I have published 190, 190 blogs, all either directly containing or referring to Billy Myers' information on this disease, error-free, not one word redacted, retracted, corrected, edited, and you can't say that for anybody else. So we're getting to it. Now, in September of 2020, just you know, half a year later, I put this up online. It's a do-it-yourself test. And what you do is you click on Here's number one was pandemic. Here's where it was initially, November 12th, 2019. We should have it here somewhere. Yeah, November 12th, 2019. Let's see if it comes up. Yeah, there it is. The China epidemic in relation to the pandemic and the secret laboratories where the virus escaped. November 12th, 2019. They're not pulling any punches. They started right off because of the stupidity of the WHO, et cetera, et cetera. Now, let's go back to our little test, if we may. I can operate this particular browser here. Self-isolate and lockdown. We published it verifiably, ironclad, legal standard of proof, February 25th. Interesting. I see the airborne factor here, which we didn't actually know right at the beginning. We found that out quite later when the spread in Texas was starting to confuse people because people were already locked down and not knowing why they were still catching it. We found that out towards, it was what, September of 2020 before that was established? I credited it earlier because I, I must have seen here, whatever this one is for the airborne can persist in air for hours and on surfaces for days. Good. Fair enough. That's the earliest I could find. But you were way ahead. You were so far ahead because that was determined officially by the government around September because of the cases in Texas. 
because a lot see this is why I say we don't print theoretical or speculative information. You can take it to the bank and that's troubling when we get farther into this. Well, hold on. Before you go further yeah. into that, that, that brings up an interesting question that out of the uh, – uh, let me let the listeners know that a bunch of people have submitted questions. Most of you were very curious uh, to ask uh, uh, Michael uh, anything relative to Billy, anything to the predictions. There's a the tremendous list of questions here. We filtered a bunch of them out, got the best of them in. And so we're going to uh, splice the questions in throughout the conversation sure. that we have. But uh, one of the questions that uh, just kind of touches uh, immediately as you're talking about this is – did Billy get these que- – are the prophecies from information that he was given and Billy himself prophesizes or they were already prophesized when they were given to Billy? There's a couple of ways it happens. Number one, uh, the, the, the most obvious way is that Billy has a conversation with his people and he asks them questions. Now, the joke is that most of the time he already knows the answer and in some cases – such as with this pandemic, for decades. But he kind of plays it that way. And then they give him the information. And then as the contacts progress, and this is discussed, Meyer himself presents what you might call prophecies or predictions. And every one of them, they have, like Billy was giving, and, and, you know, I, I don't have everything in my fingertips, but it's all there. And it's all copyright verified. Billy was saying in Brazil, in uh, Italy, and this and that, there will be X number of of casualties at the end of this month. Now, he usually did that in the first or second week of the month. And at the end of the month, those are the numbers that got (laughs) published as officially. I I mean, this is so beyond. Let Let me jump to something here and just say it. I'm here because I represent the only actual authentic UFO contact case, which also happens to be ongoing for 80 years. Everything else in ufology, as far as I'm concerned, after 43 years of research, is a waste of your time. Oh, yeah, there's fancy things and claims, and uh, but there's nothing. There's no verifiable evidence of extraterrestrial anything, unlike in this case. Now, we have over, you know, Meyer's taken over 1,200 photos. There's eight films. There's a stunning video that I can play for you in a few minutes. Uh, And this has been suppressed, attacked, denied, fought against, and censored, not just by governments, but by the morons in ufology, those who run around loudly proclaiming that they are UFO experts, that they're UFO investigators, that they're researchers, that they're contactees. This is the damage that has been done to our world by greedy, charlatans, pathological liars who didn't have to do too much to pull the wool over the eyes of people who don't have any thinking capacity and fell for their bilge and wouldn't lift their fingers when it was presented to them to look into this material. Now, there are those that did, including national intelligence people, prosecutor, trial attorneys, aerospace engineers. I've got it. But you are now looking at a document that anybody that's new online COVID test, take it yourself. There was a doctor in New York, and I've got the article too. 
I, I put it up on Twitter and he said, well, it's very clever. And then, wow, did he run away when he realized what he was saying because it was from an extraterrestrial source. He recognized that this is ironclad. Somebody got this all right. Oh, good gosh. What? And I'm out of here. You know, so understand, guys. I'm speaking to the audience here, really. Forget UFOs. I'm gonna, I've got the best UFO evidence you'll ever see. And apart from seeing it, knowing about it, and being able to actually determine for yourself that it's authentic, singularly authentic, and that therefore you might want to pay attention to what's going on here. Beyond that, you can't do anything with UFOs. Many of us have seen UFOs. It doesn't matter. I've been 20 feet, within 20 feet of one of Myers UFOs. Uh, UFOs, UFOs. Hold up. Hold up. Okay. <laughs> what? You've seen them personally? Oh, yeah. And I've seen other UFOs. I've had seven or eight sightings. Four, I'm convinced, were secret military. One I know for sure, the one I was within 20 feet of that Meyer confirmed for me, was from this race, and two others that I think also were from this race, and I never bothered to check with him. UFOs are simply unidentified flying objects. The implications are vast, but the average person can do nothing except try to learn and get the answer to the unasked question in ufology. Here's the unasked question. If these contacts are real, what's the reason for them? And the reason is, as I've been saying since 2004, the Meyer contacts are the key to our future survival. Now, if I may, I'll go through a few more of these. Go for it. Go I'll for go it. And if you find one you really want me to stop on, but here's the whole thing about spreading on surfaces again, February 25th at least, probably uh, even in the earlier one where he was talking right away in November. Uh, you know, but, but hospitals and contamination, again, February 25th. We don't even start that until April 13th. Asymptomatic spreaders. That does not get confirmed. Here it is. Out, large SARS-CoV-2 outbreak caused. Finally, the CDC says it. By asymptomatic traveler in China. And he wasn't the only one. When was that again? Well... That's June. When did we publish it? February 25th. February the thing about, you know, the Asian races, sure, made sense. It hit them first, blah, blah, blah. It becomes more aggressive, all those mutations and things. And there's more about that. Finally, in March, you know, not too long after, kids less sick in the Atlantic. They finally discover that in May. The reasons that China suppressed it, they get around to that a month after we published it. Criticism for the WHO not declaring a pandemic. We actually have that as early as January 2nd. They don't get it until a day after our you know, other one, but that's a month later and change. Infants in the womb and children. February 3rd, 2020. Infants in the womb. The first case happens, this might be in France. First baby reporting. Experts say cases exceedingly rare. Well, it it got unexceedingly rare because this is now being passed into newborns all over the place. The fact that it's a multi-organ attacking disease. January 6th. 
Now, this is an interesting one because this one was stumping scientists and doctors alike because they had no clue. They thought it was respiratory at first, but then it was causing heart problems, but then it was causing yep. uh, brain problems, it was causing kidney failure and liver failure. And But this was all in separate cases. And so it, at first, they were yep. attributing it to different underlying diseases, thinking that was the case until yep. they found cases for people who didn't have underlying diseases still getting the same results just because of yeah. COVID. So this is a really interesting one because it was a Rubik's Cube of problems that couldn't be figured out. Not to, not for the player. And they nailed it even before I got the official thing. See, they held back a lot of info to put forward this stuff, hoping, of course, that our scientists and our doctors and medical experts were going to jump on some of this. But they didn't. So, But they'd already published a lot of other stuff. The CDC says the cases are 10 times higher. Oh, they said that in June. We said it a month and a half, almost two before. Uh, here, this is, you know, not so hard, but this is the first time. Well, two weeks later, ProPublica publishes it. The coronavirus may last two years. We were told that on March 2nd. They stay there. But there's more about this. This is not going away. There's more information. I don't want to get ahead of myself. Disappearance of the antibodies over time. We didn't learn about that until July. The play iron were telling that to Meyer a month earlier. Evidence of the entrance of coronavirus through the eyes. Here we go again, months ahead of it. Again, our stuff, you can go into time machines or uh, way back or whatever you want. You search it, you'll find it. it's right there. Now, okay, actually, uh, let's pause here real quick. Sure. So I can ask a question. Anything? So these advanced, uh, uh, technologically advanced uh, aliens who are essentially humans from the future yeah. or just uh, other civilizations from other uh, star systems, right? They yeah. are giving this information to Billy or he's rationalizing this information based on the data that they give him. Now, did they – when they give him the information directly, is it that they're seeing it in the future or is it that using their technology they are testing and experimenting on things? and coming up with the information and then giving it to him? Are, are they just really highly advanced doctors and scientists, or are they seeing this in future? Both. Okay. So they, uh, they do and can do both. They have the ability under certain very specific circumstances and conditions to go forward or backward in time, see things as they were or as they will be, they can also deduce probabilities that meaning that, well, we can we can tell you that if people don't do this, this is the likely outcome. And they're never wrong about that either because we never change. We're too stupid. So they have those abilities. Billy Meyer has partaken of those abilities since he was a child in single digits in the 40s through the tutoring and mentoring of his first extraterrestrial teacher, which began in 1942 when he was five years old. Yes. I remember you actually told me about this the last time you were here. This mm -hmm. is uh, quite interesting because uh, – so if I remember correctly, you said that he's himself has time traveled with them. Rather extensively. Uh, do, do, is now, there, is there a ballpark estimate of how many times he's experienced this? And is he still experiencing it? Well, let's put it this way. And this is going to sound funny and strange. 
um, Billy Meyer is officially 85 years old, but it has been let on with a kind of little chuckle that he's at least in terms of the life he's lived, including all this time in other time, he's at least twice as old. And meaning, even since he was a child, he would be taken out of this time with his teacher to be tutored, to be taken places, shown things, even to spend time living with other people on earth in different time periods. I mean, now, let me just say this for everybody. According to the information in the case, there's nothing to believe here. You can't prove it, nor disprove it, neither can I. But I'll tell you something. When people say to me, well, do you believe Billy Myers? I say, no, I don't have to believe him. I trust him because I've been unable to find anything that can be vetted always comes up true. He's never lied. It's just that simple. Now, does it mean, therefore, everything he says is true? No, no, it doesn't mean it. But I, I, I have never, no one's, there's no lies here. The, the, but this type of thing is, as far as we're concerned, speculative. We don't time travel. That's sci-fi. Well, apparently it isn't for Meyer. And how else do we get, now he, by the way, pardon me, He's the seventh and final contactee slash prophet for this race, we are told. So going back to Enoch, Elijah, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Emmanuel, the, the, the name of the, the real name of the real man, falsely known as Jesus Christ, a human being who never existed, never walked the earth, and for whom there is not even one independent biography. In other words, a non-religious fairy tale that documents the existence of a man named Jesus Christ 2,000 years ago back in that old Middle East there. Yes, actually, uh, the, the story of Jesus is pretty interesting because in his case, he comes from the, the civilization that invented record keeping. So they kept track of all the people that lived within that civilization without a single shred of the most famous, most well-known individual. That makes no sense. Yeah. A, a friend of mine said to me, Michael, do you know there were about 60 historians living in that overall area during that period of time? Nobody ever wrote about Jesus Christ. I said, I didn't know that. Yeah, it's and absurd. It's, it's complete nonsense that, that there's so many records about every single individual through oh many different God. accounts and not a single shred on Jesus. Never existed. There was a man. And according to this information, and surprisingly, also to be found very briefly in the Old Testament and the New Testament, the real name of this man. Emmanuel, in the Meyer material, spelled with a J. In the Old Testament, I think it was the I, and in the New Testament with the E. And in Isaiah 7.14, it says, And his name shall be called Emmanuel. In, where were we? Matthew one twenty three. And his name shall be called Emmanuel for whatever reason, by whatever fluke of fate, that the people who falsified these religions, these <laughs> abominations that have enslaved people and caused more death all over the world for thousands of years, they missed 
those two. They didn't get to take them out. So for those who want to know, you can read the, the original teaching and writings of this man, Emmanuel. There is a book, Myers, the co-discoverer, with a former Greek Orthodox priest. Going back to 1964 or so in old Jerusalem, That's the book is called The Talmud Emmanuel. It's amazing. But, I, you know, there's so much here. We, we could let, Let's just get your bunk out and let's just roll here. You know, we're going to go to sleep and have a great time. So... Just to continue for a moment, aerosols and droplets, February 3rd, March 2nd, March 16th, officially January 13th. Animals can transmit COVID. Oh, no, that, that can't happen. They said, after Meyer, of course, published in, in January and March, took till June 1st until, gee, it might be able to be transmitted by animals. Here's an important one, and they still don't know the real extent, I'll tell you. Virus remains in body after recovery. Now, that's very interesting, isn't it? I jumped there to show you that, but let's just go back up here. Virus remains in the body. That means that once you get the coronavirus, the COVID, it never leaves your body. Like the cold. Yep, and in many ways far more insidious because of how it can behave, whether it's two weeks, two years, or 20 years later, what it can do to the human body, which we will be finding out more in the decades to come when these suddenly strangely arising diseases that didn't exist before finally get traced to things like COVID and the vaccines. Now, moving along to vascular inflammation. Vascular inflammation. November 2019. Vascular News has a new discovery in May of 2020. Thromboses, February 3rd. European Respiratory Journal, May. Heart disease, February 3rd. AHA, September 3rd. Long COVID, no recovery. Now, that's part of what we were talking about here, because you don't ever fully recover. Remissions, other diseases, the the resurgence of other supposedly cured illnesses. I mean, this thing is ins insidious. Vaccine dangers. As far as I know, we were the first to publish that. November 15th, 2020, it's only not, you know, not too long after that the Wall Street Journal. But you see, they're already, the player are already telling you, what, watch out. Why? Okay, guinea pigs. In November, they, they simply said that people are being used as guinea pigs for these vaccines. They are, it's, it's roulette. It's, and they explained why and how. Then they foretold the vaccine discrimination legislation, which was first mentioned in December. They said it's coming. The vaccinated can remain infected. Uh-huh. Yeah. New COVID variants. They were already talking back in February 3rd. Mutations variants. Takes um, until December. The Wuhan lab, it was in there November 12th, 2019. That takes seven months or whatever it is. The Wuhan cover-up, they told it. February 3rd, Guilain-Barre syndrome, 
connection to the vax, the call for the proper masks. They didn't say anything until May 10th about the KN95s and all that stuff. Yeah. But they did. And they, you know, because they'd already called for the hermetically sealed quarantines and the hazmat and all that, which didn't, the only people that have called for it to date, Melbourne medical team, a year and a half later. And when I wrote those people, they wouldn't respond. This is, this level of suicidal ignorance on the part of humankind, it's beyond laughable. What can you do? The vaccine breakthrough infections They'd already foretold that in October. Okay, now that's 36. There's more scattered throughout. I just stopped because, you know, uh, people, either they're going to catch on or they're not. And we have all of this stuff and more and more. And, I, you know, and on in those 190 articles, you can read the, the texts, uh, supposedly, of Meyer. Young Meyer in writing, his writings, beginning around the age of eight or nine, about things that are coming. But I'll give you something else here uh, that you might want to be. Now, when as you were writing this information, uh, you were actually distributing this, trying to get uh, uh, news outlets and people to to pay attention to it, correct? Oh, yeah. So and I'm going to come right back to that in a minute because that's the biggest frustration for me where I live. So this is interesting. Because he was 10. It's in here. This is written by Young Meyer and published with the help of two of his school teachers. And another person who was helping him was a psychologist named Carl Jung, who kept silent about it but helped Young Meyer. World famous psychologist knew him and he, he said, you know, here's this kid's a genius or whatever. Anyway. He talks about the real figures of the decimal. The vaccines themselves will be untried. This is 1947. Now, let me see if I can just go because you're seeing this word pop up. Okay. So what does that refer to? Here is the deal. We're going to get into it. Because people are talking about Bill Gates and Fauci and all this stuff, right? Well, let's see here. I've got to find out where we have it. Uh, do we have it in this browser? What browser am I even on? I don't know. Oh, I, I don't search this browser well. Okay, so this is all sorts of stuff. Uh, Meyer's information on NATO, the creation of it by... Uh, Harry Truman and the intention of it as a world dominating, you know, arm, armament of the U.S. War is quite, I mean, this stuff is just, let me see if I can find this one thing. Otherwise, I'll, you know, I'll know where I can find it on another browser. Let's see. Okay, vengeful. Maybe it's not in here. Oh, all right. Let me go back. Okay, well, oh, yeah. let's so, let's take a break point, for that for for one second and just answer some of uh, the questions that have arisen as you went through that. Sure. So, all right. So you said that uh, the, the these life forms uh, both have the uh, technology and the ability to travel forward in time, and that for things like COVID, they have uh, been able to experiment and witness it. 
And so yeah. they get the answers through those. And that uh, Billy himself has both traveled and he has uh, been able to see and use their facilities to also do anything necessary that he must, right? So uh, let's unpack the time travel real quick. Does Billy still time travel to this day? Um, there are hints that he is able to and doing that every now and then. For instance, he has a couple times dr- said because someone had it had come up somewhere, and he said, "Yes, um, I uh, have to get a haircut. My hair had grown very long, considering that the day before." It was very short, much shorter, and I was asked about that, and I, someone said, where had you gone with the play, Aaron? He said, yes, I told him I had, meaning he, cons- again, according to the information of in the case, he is able to in- effectively step out of time, and when they bring him back, it could be a day, a month, or three years later, whatever, it is as if no time has passed because it's let's just say that at five o'clock after dinner on Thursday, they pick him up and they take him away for three months. And at uh, eight o'clock in the morning, he gets up and his hair is a lot longer. So these kind of things, I mean, it's just really. That's fascinating. Is is does Has he ever explained how, or not explained, but told how many times overall, like a ballpark of how many times he's time traveled collectively? No, um, when you read some of the accounts of it, where he was taken, how long maybe, or what he got to observe, what epochs in history, you start to get, and I think what's going to happen, there is a biography being done of him in which a lot of this information will be transcribed even more than we know right now. And it will be... It will stagger people. If for those people who then d- are able to deduce that Billy Meyer is an honest man, according to the top USAFO OSI Department of Defense investigator and supervisor, the most honest man he's ever seen, then they might go, well, for gosh sakes. And how he explains the real things in history, some of the really key things that we don't know about. The fact that George Washington, the father of the country, in cold blood murdered a French diplomat who was coming to bring something for a truce. I mean, there's st- I've never heard any of this stuff because you won't get it in the the victors write the history version of things. But it's very different to the history of this country. You know, we just posted a, a blog, not by Billy, but it has some of Billy's information about the military industrial complex. Article one. And it's written by a a guy in Germany who's a student of the Meyer teaching. And he expands and expounds on stuff that Billy has presented, filling in some blanks. When you realize the level of pure evil that this government has been for time immemorial, no matter which figureheads were up there, you realize that the blowback is inevitable. Of course, these prophecies are fulfilling. Yeah. How? And yeah, you've how actually you've brought up the fact uh, relative to this. Uh, you've mentioned before that because of things like this and the way the government behaves and uh, the, the overall corruption, that the United States is bound to break apart, specifically into five different uh, uh, competing nations. 
it'll break apart according to the you know prophecy, if you will, from 81 and 87 into five separate territories, each under some form of sectarian dictatorial rule. My guess, right-wing, you know, Christian fanatics. But that ain't all. The other stuff is that um, Russia and China, who we've been warned for the longest time to not provoke, and we're provoking, and the senile, corrupt criminal imbecile in the White House and his incompetent vice president keep on keeping on and pushing the description from Hanak or Enoch from 10,000 plus years ago is very clear. This country will be destroyed from coast to coast. They describe the kind of weapons. They describe the reason. And the reason in there is that the United States keeps wanting to push to be the global policeman and to have globalization and this and that. And it's all aggression. It's all aggression to try to dominate everybody in the world. And now we've pushed on the wrong people for a long time. Putin, Xi, the goofball in North Korea, other people who are going to align with these countries against us. And it that will be it. We didn't listen. And believe me, there are people in the upper levels of government or military intelligence that know this material. A lot of them are the delusional evangelistic Christians who think they can outsmart the prophecies. And they can't. The law of cause and effect is immutable. The warnings have been given for 13,500 years that we would pay attention, that we would evolve into peace and love and freedom and harmony. You know, those corny, boring things that don't float the boats of megalomaniacal, power-hungry psychopaths. Yeah. So, by the way, speaking of megalomaniacal, power-hungry psychopaths, it's coming back to the thing about a vengeful American went and met in China with the leader of the Chinese party at the time to develop a viral bioweapon, which that leader, Mao Zedong, then took up and had implemented. This is the birth of SARS-CoV-2. The vengeful American was none other. I don't know if you remember him. I am not a crook, Richard Nixon, shamed and humiliated, thrown out of office in America. He had opened up dealings and relationships with China. He had met with Mao Zedong officially as a president. And then when he was out of office, he did go there. And he wanted to get even with this country. Thank you, Tricky Dick Nixon, for that gift. Now, what year was this published? Well, here we're being told this November 30th, but in here somewhere I have it from Meyer when he's nine years old. And they just tell you, vengeful American, vengeful American, he died. And then here's how we knew, because Billy, because of certain things where Billy doesn't want maybe any more direct assassination attempts, he's had enough, he doesn't always give the name, and especially with Americans for certain people. Okay. So I thought about that and I had my thoughts. And then 
Billy published something where he mentioned a guy in Brazil who had figured it out. I know the guy, so I wrote to him. I said, who did you come up with? He said, Dick Nixon. I said, so did I. So, and, he's, and he said, yeah, well, Billy basically confirmed it. Doesn't have to mention Nixon's name. <laughs> of course. So the reality of things, this is why this will be suppressed too. This country, in, in 1975, the play Aaron Tell Billy that unless people wake up in this country and change our ways, after 2020, the superpower, U.S., will cease to exist. It will fall apart. The civil wars will come and all this stuff. Well, it's upon us. Right now, the early, you know, military machinations of Putin and these things, but there's more to come. And we I tell you what's going to happen. Some of it, we know it. And Putin knows it, too, because they study Myers material. Now, okay, so, wow, this is crazy. This is so fascinating. So, at nine years old, how does how does Billy come across the information? He's told this by the Plajarans? You mean when he's young or now? When he was, uh, when he was young, when he was nine years old. How did he, for example, predict Nixon so accurately? He was shown it he, with, through time travel. Okay. Now, and, time travel is one of the uh, things he gets to use other than the technology as well as um, he, he communicates with them telepathically, correct? Only in terms of as necessary to usually to announce that they're going to have a meeting with, and he you know gets the message and he confirms it. They can speak to each other telepathically. But when they meet, for the most part, they do it orally so that the recording devices – We'll pick it up so that sometime after the contact has taken place in the conversation, they beam it back to him telepathically through equipment they have to him. He picks it up telepathically and with one hand in German, receives it telepathically in symbols, not in words, simultaneously translates it into German and types it out at about a hundred words per minute in German, where all the nouns are capitalized. And we have a video of that too. Now, he, he, he can only communicate telepathically with them, or does Billy, has he developed a telepathic ability in general that he can use at will? Well, who else could he do it with? There's nobody else on earth. There may be a couple people, but and they may not even be involved with this and, or anybody that he would be, you know, contacting. But the, who's – he can't – you know, all these imbeciles that think that they're channeling and they're psychic and they're telepathic. <laughs> not a chance. So he, he can do this. He was trained from childhood how to do this. And it's a very, very advanced skill. We're nowhere near it. There's two levels of telepathy, what's called material telepathy, which has a certain distance limitation. And there's spiritual telepathy, which has a vast many, many light years distance. This is all, you know, stuff that won't really come into more scrutiny for humankind uh, for a long time to come. And again, I, I just want to say it according to information of the case. Can I prove that Billy Meyer, you know, has telepathic contacts with it? No. I can just say we have enough. We've got 250 examples error-free of prophetically accurate, very specific scientific 
environmental, geopolitical, medical, financial, economic. And he can't. It can't be proven he, wrong. That's that's a very important thing as well. It cannot be proven wrong. Go try. See, once you run into a copyright, that's it. Unless you can tell me how he. Yeah. He has time travel. They they may as well say he cheats and they take him forward in time, you know. Fine, okay, he's cheating. But that's how it happens. And when he was a young boy, he was taken forward and backward in time uh, for many things. It's My blog is just full of those. I mean, they are so fascinating. This, you would never know it with this man. He is so unassuming. He's not humble. He's modest. He doesn't back down. He's not like a groveling, uh, God-fearing human. He doesn't fear anything, and not certainly not imaginary gods. So you've got a man here with the most remarkable life experiences. Some have been brutally difficult. He's told 10 years in advance he's going to have his left arm, most of it ripped off his body, have a nice day. Children attempts to kidnap his kids at knife point, 24 attempts on his life. I mean... Brain injury, falls, broken shoulders, and arm. I mean, this guy's a litany. As one of the guys there said, very matter of fact, oh, yes, Billy is a walking disaster. He, it's always, something's always happening. We're used to it. And Billy, here's the thing. He can say it that way because Billy is not self-pitying. I, I can tell you, I've got to tell you one thing. I think it's maybe three years ago, he had a very bad fall. He has one arm. He fell on the shoulder side of his good arm and broke uh, the ball joint and part of the clavicle and all, broke it. They take him to Zurich for x-rays and they say, well, we can't even operate on this because you've just had a heart valve replacement and we couldn't control it to prevent you from having a heart attack or a stroke if we tried to do surgery. So here's a guy who just had the heart valve done. And so they say, well, all we can do is, and they put... And this is a photograph. We've got to have someone. It's a black, heavy band, like maybe a rubber or a fabric or something, binding his right arm to his body while he's got a stump of a left arm. And in the photo, he's standing there smiling with the same guy that said Billy's a walking disaster case. With that guy who had injured his own arm, he's standing there in a sling. It gets better. So here he is. Billy's immobilized. And uh, my partner and I, we go to... Switzerland, the following May, sitting in the kitchen with a bunch of folks, and Billy walks in, goes over, making himself a cup of coffee, and I'm going, what the hell? And so he comes, he's standing where we are, and I said, Billy, wait a minute, excuse me, your arm. He says, oh, yeah, puts the coffee down. Yeah, pretty good now, all fixed, all better. And I said, said, the might of the thoughts? I'll explain it and say, he said, that's right. I said, so wait a minute. In order to heal this the way you did, do you have to know all of the connecting tissues and the nerves? And he said, no, no, no. You focus on the improvement. He looks at me. You focus on the improvement. So he has written a book called The Might of the Thoughts. See, all this stuff that we're talking about up here, that's not the core of the case. The core of the case is what's called the creation energy or spiritual teaching. How life works, what the laws of life and the universe are, how the human being, how the thoughts work, 
to create feelings, to create thoughts, to create actions or not, how all these parts of us that we know nothing about function. So when we learn how to think, when we recognize that we're thinking all the time and become conscious of it so we control and steer our thoughts in preferred directions, not that our thoughts steer us in habitual and non-productive directions, we can learn lots of stuff. And Billy's pretty masterful at lots of stuff and apparently also at healing himself when possible. Now, some things he hasn't been able, he had to have a heart valve put in. Uh, he had fallen once uh, about eight, nine years ago in a hand, and he fell on his one good hand, his one hand, good or otherwise, and it separated. <laughs> you know, yeah. <laughs> right? And it separated the little finger somehow. And so he doesn't let the play iron heal him. He either goes to our doctors or he's doing it himself. But they said to him, they came to him, they said, look, this is going on too long. You can't type. You can't do your work. And they knew they hit Billy's note because Billy's all about doing his mission. They said, let us fix your hand for you. <laughs> You're not going to fix it yourself. Okay. So the Swedish guy that I know who had told me after I'd come back from visiting there, he said, oh, last week, Billy fell. So about a week or two after that, he, he tells me, someone says, he says, I was in the kitchen and Billy came in to make a cup of coffee. And I asked him about his hand. He says, oh, yeah, it's all better. Quetzal, one of the alleged ETs, told me I had to let him fix it. So he had me put my hand down on something and they fixed it and it's all better. You know, it's like, really? <laughs> this casual so, interactions like that, that's fascinating because that, that oh shows how personal his relationship is that sometimes they got to put him in his place and be like, come on, man, you got to do your part. They they do. They, are they argue these people with him at times. I mean, it's not the way, hostile. It can be emphatic and you read it. And, you know, and they, and they disagree about things and then, you know, they move on to something. And sooner or later, they, it's either resolved or they let it be. Um, and a lot of it is about letting, you know, things that, you know, could help Billy and all this stuff. And he said, no. For instance, an obvious question, certainly in anybody's mind would be, well, if they could fix all this, why didn't they fix his, you know, his left arm? Well, of course they could fix it. They have androids. They make androids that look just like human beings. They could fix it. And Billy said to him, and they must have known, but he said it anyway. He said, look, if you do that, do you know how quickly I'm going to be kidnapped? And the dang thing's going to be ripped off my arm again, and they'll force this and torture me or whatever is necessary. They'll take that thing apart. Yeah, no, to... that makes a lot of sense. That's something we don't think about. Like if a man is missing an arm and shows up with a fully functional, brand yeah. new, completely uh, – uh, uh, realistic looking and functioning a perfectly arm it's yeah. only a matter of moments before some government entity kidnaps oh, this person just to find out how they would descend on him with paratroopers or whatever yes so. now i like that you mentioned that uh this isn't really about the ufos and it's not really about uh like when it comes to billy specifically it has to do with the teachings and that's the the primary focus here. That it, what Billy is trying to do is teach a level of spiritualism that's detached from religion, something that is decentralized, something that each individual can handle on themselves, as opposed to be led. Because he believes that people should be responsible for themselves. Hundred percent. 
Now, based on that, now we, there's some actual questions specifically about this, which is perfect that you sure. just drifted in that direction. Um, one of the questions that was sent to us, uh, this came from Twitter, I believe. Um, according to the teachings, the soul never lies. Well, uh, to clarify that a little more, there's no such thing as a soul. The soul refers to what's really the psyche, which is basically centrally located in the, wait for it, solar plexus, the psyche. It has a lot to do with our feelings and emotions, our personality, aspects of our consciousness. It doesn't lie because the only thing that would lie would be the human being through their personality consciousness, not the psyche itself. So through our filters and our sort of nurturing, we become liars as opposed to nature telling us how to Yeah, learn. yeah. We're not liars by nature. We learn it. Now, we have the potential to lie, we have potential for positive and negative, and lying can come about for many different reasons. But basically, we are... We're encouraged to focus on the good because that's really more of what we are. But we have the other polarity. We need it. We need the negative and the positive or we wouldn't grow. We wouldn't make mistakes. We wouldn't evolve through trial and error and own. Yes. You in, in um, your uh, – I forget the name of it. Uh, something truth behind uh, – a the, the documentary you made a couple of years ago. Um, in the documentary, it's mentioned uh, by Billy that there d- – there has to be a balance. We cannot be purely good. Too much positivity is as problematic as being uh, too negative. Oh, it's, it's, it's dangerous. Now, uh, in, based on the teachings, what's the best way to approach uh, being more balanced in that regard? Well, we want – this is where we come right back to some of the basics in this teaching. Number one, 100% self-responsibility. So we're not looking to put off – the responsibility for anything in our lives on others. Yes, of course, if you need a doctor, if you need a plumber, that's not what we're talking. We're talking about the decisions, those things that the human being chooses to do in day to day, in their thoughts, moment by moment. So the second one that comes to mind for me is we have to see things as they really are. That means we don't filter reality, what we see or hear anything through our fears of what it could be or through our hopes and wishes, we see a thing for what it is, a microphone. Now, we have names for things, but I mean, this isn't going to turn into a swan and I can't pretend and have any positive result from denying the reality of what this is. I don't have to use it if I don't want to, but we don't pretend. Our world is based on pretending. Religion is fairy tale with so much negativity packed into it. I can barely tell you. And politics, the art of advantage, it's not the art of the possible. Politics is as poisonous to the human being as religion. Politics is always polarizing. Politics re- requires not just disagreement, which would be fine, even in a group of people that are basically of the same mindset. Politics requires the opposition. That which that side says is always wrong. 
our side is always right. And if a good idea arises there, it's not a good idea because it came from there. I mean, we are so, so damaged that we are literally suicidal, literally suicidal politics. I'm going to fix the problems that my predecessor made. So-and-so says, and four years later, the next clown shows up to say the same thing. So it, it, and people fall for it every time, which means that those psychopaths who aspire to political office and ever higher power know that. They know that the masses are morons. They know they're easily manipulated. They know that they're, they accept lying as their day-to-day -day reality, that you can tell them things that are lies that any child would question if, if they hadn't been polluted, and they will fall for it because they want to see things a certain way. So when the master manipulator is up there giving him those pictures because he knows they want it, they're going, yeah, things aren't really as bad as they look and they seem and the bombs aren't really falling. It's just like so-and-so says. It's a hopeless, you know, thing. Then you've got the sky daddy who's never, you know, how many people do you think, how many billions of people have thrown trillions of prayers up to Mr. Nobody and how many have literally been answered other than the flukes of things happening and people want to give credit to a God? They never give themselves credit. I made my life happen with the help of other people. There was no outside power bestowing anything on me. The universe didn't intercede in my life. I stumbled and made mistakes, and I stumbled into learning how things worked. Thank you very much. I'm going to remember how things work. So the teaching, I mean, this is just the foundation. Love, peace, freedom, harmony. Now, that, those are boring terms to people that need to jump out of airplanes and, and shoot, you know, shoot rockets off and have their adrenal glands pumping endlessly. But that doesn't bring love, peace, freedom, and harmony. It requires more and more stimulation. So I have found that experiencing and proceeding towards love, peace, and freedom, and harmony make me a lot happier than wanting to scream and fight and argue and uh, acquire things for the sake of acquisition and possession and amassing. And I want to be too stupid to suffer. So I'm not going to do those things that I see make people suffer if I can help it. Which is actually what uh, Billy directly says, right? He says that violence isn't the way. You, ha you have to uh, take self-accountability and be compassionate towards others, which is consistently repeated by him, which actually brings up the next question here, which if everything is supposed to be – like the teachings say all things must be done peacefully – all mm -hmm. things must be done peacefully where it could be helped. And even in the face of uh, a physical conflict, if you can face it without any sort of uh, a violence on your part, then you it, should. Then if, how yeah. are we to deal with the oppressors that use well, aggression? Here's the thing. See, when a people – we're not a people in this country. We're just a hodgepodge of – competing interests and corporate, you know, slaves. But when a people is to get, comes together for the same essential values, ethics, and purposes, when it aspires to those things, it doesn't allow, it doesn't empower psychopaths 
who are transparently self-serving, power-hungry, violence-prone sheep, you know, wolf in sheep's clothing to, to, to rise to the fore. But it can happen. Even the play iron had a whole history. They had to go through a lot of this stuff. So when people find that, then they try to take the peaceful means first. And that means that they come together. They seek to elect those people whom they can trust and who they will kick out of office as fast as they would the ones they're trying to. Um, and they seek to have conversation and negotiation. They will do nonviolent things to pressure that. Now, we're in many ways, it's a little late in some places. You know, Meyer, if you read the recent blogs, he, he said Russia was wrong to attack. But he also said that for, well, I guess it's over 30 years now, Russia has been deceived and lied to and manipulated. The West, NATO, the US, Great Britain, all that, the EU, have been plotting and plotting to attack and destroy Russia. And they have been moving nuclear weapons in place. And Billy, five years ago in 2017, said they will move a base into southern Germany to attack Russia. And then within the year, they had moved that base. They're never wrong about this because they can see it. We are too, they have to tell us because we're too stupid to see what's going on. So there comes a time when you have to find a way to shut down tyrants. And still you try to do that with peaceful means. Now, the peace movement of the 60s was a failure because everybody's walking around with a peace symbol that is literally the rune, the symbol for war, death, and destruction. Literally. The true peace symbol is upside is down. Tree, it's the, yeah, it's upside, there it is. When you give the peace sign to somebody, do you go like this, dude, or do you do this? This is not. Fair. Oh, yes, you're right. Peace. Peace. Remember? Peace. So we are so far afield. <laughs> we're so idiots. That's really the problem. It comes down to the fact that we're stupid and gullible. And so to just to return for a moment to the Russia thing, Meyer said that this should have been done through negotiations, even if they dragged out forever to keep the negotiations up. But he said Russia's not wrong to stand up for itself because the agenda, and remember, back as far back as 2015 and 16, he's saying, don't provoke Russia. They don't want more. Don't provoke Russia. But these insidious psychopaths who inhabit the American government and aspects of different parties, et cetera, et cetera, no, they're, they're going to rule the world, and a lot of them are going to rule it for Jesus. and all the, Really, this is what goes on in this country. So you get, and the UFO community is manipulated by this too. We'll get to it later if we do. But Billy said, you know, they have pushed it. And now it's a very unfortunate, you know, this is not good. It, it should stop. The, the party should come to the table and work it out. But we also know from the prophecies, I, if I read you right now the Hanak prophecies about this stuff, you'd go, oh, gee, really? You have to say, yeah, that's in there. And that is in there. And we just, you know, the, Russia and the U.S., America will clash 
with you know tremendous force. They will have the most advanced weapons of destruction, and uh, you know, and they tell it. And look, Russia. Now that Russia has been provoked, and this is happening, uh, if things keep going, unless there really are any true statesmen and leaders and not puppets and pawns and fools in all these governments, Russia will then expand. They will go into the Baltic states, the Balkans. They will attack Scandinavia. And then, now, that doesn't mean it happens now. I don't have dates on this. But then when they come over across through Alaska and drag Canada into the war as they come in to the states to attack America. And then when the weather weapons are used against us, probably from the West Coast going east, the fire cylinders and the tremendous unstoppable hurricanes that turn the country into a muddy swamp, then you can look back and look at all these great people that contributed to it, whether it's Hillary Clinton or Make America Great or I Am Not a Crook Nixon or Joe Biden and his corrupt crime family. Could the events of Russia have been avoided? Which ones? The, the ones that are currently taking place with Ukraine. Yes, perhaps if Putin had seen another way out and if – the Ukraine uh, had stepped forward to meet him. You remember, you got to understand Ukraine. I, I didn't, I'm not a student of geography and history, but I did learn Ukraine was part of Russia. Yes, it was part of Russia at some point. Yeah. Right. And then this whole NATO thing and uh, all of the machinations here, the neo-Nazi influence in Ukraine is monstrous. They bombed their own people to blame the Russians. There's a neo-Nazi element there that has killed thousands of people. And we don't hear it. Our media is so bought off and these transparent talking heads that repeat the garbage. What are you going to do? So, yeah, it would have been better. But Putin has been warning for the longest time. Don't push us. We don't want war. Yes, actually, uh, for uh, if I remember correctly, about 25 years ago, he uh, specifically talking about the nuclear power of Ukraine. He says, uh, you guys should not start building that. You're right next to us. And uh, you guys consistently stop nuclear activity on your end. Uh, it's not really weird that I would do the same. And completely ignored by everybody in NATO, by the United States, by Ukraine, who's uh, neutral. And then about... Uh, seven or eight years ago, he said it again. You guys seem to have completed your nuclear projects and you are in a testing stage. You can begin at any moment. And I don't like that idea because you're right next to me and you guys don't like me. Uh, it's not a pr if, if this was right next to any of you, you would immediately try to get the person to stop. So I'm trying to get you to stop for the same reason. And again, Russia was ignored. And then a couple of years ago, two, three years ago, I am going to do something. If you guys do not do something. I have warned you repeatedly and exactly. ignored again by NATO, by the United States, and by Ukraine. And here we are at an actual moment of action. And we're like, you're the bad guys. But <laughs> didn't we simply hear about nuclear weapons that didn't even exist and completely invade a country? It's, it's it. Look, when the Russians, uh, Soviets, if you will, started the thing with the Cuban Missile Crisis, we were ready to go to World War Three to prevent that from happening in Cuba. And NATO and these people, they're arming 
Ukraine. I mean, you know, he's this guy is a real patriot for his country. He may or may not be popular with everybody, but the fact is, this guy loves his country. I I put a video, a link to a video on my site. Putin standing in the middle of about 130,000 people in a stadium right down on the floor there singing their national anthem, which has a lot better words than ours. It's not about war. Ours is, of course, singing their national anthem with them. And, and it's like these people are behind this guy. They're true patriots. This is a country where the people have suffered through wars and invasions and stuff. We don't know anything about We haven't had it here. This is like sitting pretty Thousands of miles to the left and right. We've got oceans. Nobody bothers us. American interests, 10,000 miles away. You poor fools. You're just, this is the end of this. It, no, yeah, we, it, realistically, we couldn't handle an invasion. It would be so swift and fast. We're not ready. We're too pampered. We're too uh, comfortable in our safety bubbles. If somebody, anybody, it doesn't matter who, you don't even need a lot of people. Anybody who's used to surviving harsh conditions decides to invade slightly, we would mm. not have the slightest clue how to defend ourselves. No, and not only that, but let's remember something else. The sleepers that are already in this country who are biding their time with their hatred for this country, for the invasion of their countries. Uh, look, this is, it's unfortunate. I, say, I don't say it with glee at all because we have a beautiful country. It's a truly beautiful country and lots of good people. Sure, there's a bunch of dummies that fall for the politics and religion. I'm oh, sorry, I'll say it because it's true. Yeah, but that's but true of every country. I, yeah, but there's a lot of nice people, including in those groups that I see that way. There's good people here. But there's such a bad underlying underbelly to the country and to these political religious influences and to yes. the psychopathic government. That's really where the problem is, right? It's government. The people, because the people well, are uh, tricked and but, manipulated easily by religion and by the government, by the United States government, through media, through religion, through the left-right politics. Yeah, but that's the thing. Who allows, empowers, and votes them in? Look. I think about this because the system is so corrupt. Anybody, you know, the player and wrote about Barack Obama and they waited until he'd been, you know, in their round because they, they said as a human being, he's the best human being who's ever sat in that office. But as a president, he is a failure. And part of the reason is he, he wasn't strong enough to stand for all the things that were his genuine desire for people he couldn't stand against the negative powers around him. And so he is, you know, the drones and the this and the that and the deaths on his watch. He owns that. It was just something that he, and this was foretold in the 40s. They, you know, they, they talked about him in the 40s. And, but, but they said, he, yeah, he's the best human being that ever was there. And he had great, wonderful ideas for everybody. But he couldn't deal with the, the shadow government and the real powers behind the, the throne. And that's the things like BlackRock, the Rand Corporation, the CIA. I mean, you read that article on, on, on our website about the military industrial complex and it more so than anything I've read before. This guy really spells it out. I mean, he's. That's part one. I can't wait to see what we're going to have in part two. Now, here's a question I've got for you based on – okay, so we could have avoided the, the Russia situation, right? If, had we mm – -hmm. because obviously we could have avoided it. Had we really gone in, 
the reason I asked that question to begin with is because was it meant to play out this way or not? But apparently, like, had we paid attention and actually listened, we could have changed it. Yeah. What we need to know is, we, can you help create the distinction between what things, what prophecies cannot be altered, like what's set in stone? And what could, in fact, be altered if we were to follow uh, the information? What cannot we alter and what can we alter? Well, a prophecy is only a warning of that which will occur if people do not alter the course of events in time. That's a prophecy. And we'll talk about what some of them are. A prediction is set in stone. You cannot alter it. And that's why with the actual predictions, a lot of them, they're never given dates and things because what the player and known prophets know if you tell somebody something is going to happen whether it's something that human beings have set in motion or something that's going to happen cosmically that you can't change then they're going to try to change it anyhow and things will end up being far worse because you can't change it's going to happen so all these efforts are going to just really make things bad now there are predictions um, that they've made in the past. I mean, but when a prophecy goes past the point of return, then it becomes a prediction. So a lot of these are still expressed as the Hanak prophecies or the prophecies of this one or that one. And then there's the predictions of Jeremiah in which he talks about this country turning into a muddy swamp after we get wiped out. So that looks like and he, he probably had the benefit of the time travel with the play Aaron, you know, back uh, 8,000 years ago or was when he was around. And um, it, it would mean to me, and maybe I'm missing something, but it would mean to me that what he saw was the culmination of an insidious, unchangeable, avaricious domination-oriented mindset that would arise and that would never yield to truth, love, freedom, peace, harmony, ethics, morals. And we, again, read that military-industrial complex and when they talk about how moralist and ethicless these people that have done all this are and were, then you go, okay, well, What's left if that turned into a – if that's a prediction? Well, in the way I see things, because the play Aaron have still encouraged the study of the spiritual teaching, I think what we can deduce in some ways that there will be survivors. Even in the prophecies where they said if it happens, the Third World War will kill off three-quarters of the population of the planet and leave the Northern Hemisphere – uninhabitable, cheerful thought, somehow there are survivors. And maybe some are even, even though we're in the Northern Hemisphere, maybe some are in this country. Uh, maybe some are in Canada, even though we're real Northern Hemisphere. Maybe some are in South America and Australia, parts of Europe. Because also in the prophecies, Meyer does say Europe will survive. It's going to be plenty of war there, but Europe will survive. So, uh, you know, and there's parts of Asia. Uh, he's already said most of Japan is going to go into the sea. That's pretty obvious. Uh, there's lots of things that 
we could learn still so that the lives we're living now, because you see, remember we talked about reincarnation to some degree, or at least the spirit. Those of us that are alive today, our spirit forms, when they pass from this life, let's just say that all of us alive today all die because of nuclear war. I'm not wishing that, and I hope it doesn't happen. But that it happens so that everybody alive today dies. In time, the spirits, the spirit forms of all these people will find reincarnation if the planet itself isn't destroyed. They will reincarnate here over time in those places where people survived and kept the evolutionary level up to what it is and so forth and so on. There's a lot to think so, about here. But so everybody reincarnates. It's not just prophets. No, every, not everybody, every spirit form. Yes. Okay. With the, unless some, I, I can't, I don't know about the actual exceptions, but basically all human spirit forms, re, spirits, spirit forms reincarnate and new personalities, new people incarnate. And it is the ever evolving, very ancient spirit forms that reincarnate in people with no direct connection to the previous lives. It's a whole other thing that's explained a little bit in the spiritual teaching that I've read so far. So this is, there's no heaven, there's no hell. You don't go and hang out with Aunt Edna and Uncle Fred and gamble through the fields. The spirit form, when it leaves the body of death and is assimilating and absorbing everything from the psyche and the personality and parts are being stored in kind of like etheric computers, storage banks, the spirit form moves into an etheric space where there is no sense of space. and It's there assimilating everything from the past life, absorbing and, you know, taking that into its appropriate consideration. And at a time when it is time, when that is done for the spirit form, and it has had enough time there, and that's another story about how short the time now is for that, the spirit form will be attracted to uh, an embryo being born inside a woman. There actually are men and women. I know this is news to some people. We have to get to it, folks. There are genders. There are sexual preferences, but there's two genders. Okay. And I don't mean to offend you. If, if, if I just don't. But we've got to come to reality here. The spirit form isn't going to come and, in, and start in a male unless they've been surgically altered. And those things, not only have they been newly done, they happened thousands of years, thousands of years ago when there were more advanced ETs here who had all sorts of genetic engineering things that they played with. Okay, so let's just say that the spirit form is attracted to the embryo on the 21st day, sets the heart a beating. Past that point, it's highly recommended that we don't do abortions, but that if it's necessary that it's done before that time, because then it isn't technically the taking of a life. The embryo is not yet a fetus until 21st day. Now, we don't know that there's a spirit. We don't know that this is also. So we're polarized whereby, and I, I actually wrote a song about this before I even knew all this. We're, we're polarized between anti-abortion, always, you know, pro-life, always, 
and abortion at any time, the extremes. Yes. In and of themselves, the essence of truth rests with both parts, meaning there's a time and place when abortion can be done and saves the life of a mother and all this, or a, a, such a badly, uh, badly, and we won't be able to tell that yet because the player and could do it with their technology, we can't. Something that's going to evolve very damaged and crippled as a human being, and it's best that it doesn't. So before the spirit form comes in, an abortion they view as okay. On the other hand, six months, five, they're saying, here it's saying your real cutoff date is three weeks. So even though the motivations and things with radical groups who are the God-fearing folks are saying, we're, we're not going to allow any abortion or, uh, well, if you understood this point of view and that your point of view is, is you want to say, well, that, we can't prove that. And you can't prove your point of view either. It's just your beliefs. And beliefs have killed more people than, you know, anything. So we have these really interesting aspects of the Meyer material that deal with everything in human life. It comes right back down to the teaching, which is even more important than the prophecy. No, because you have to understand, the other part of reincarnation is this. Let's say this planet is destroyed completely. Well, then nobody can reincarnate, or the spirits can't reincarnate. Well, not exactly. There's two other circumstances where you don't have to reincarnate on that planet if it's destroyed or, I'll tell you the other one. The spirit forms that are attached, if you will, to that planet, which is now toast, migrate. This is not something that a person does. This energetic part piece of creation of the universe, no personality involved, vibrating energetic piece of this, in the mass of all the attached spirit forms attached to this planet, migrate and are attracted to the closest planet where human life is developing at a commensurate level of evolution. Interesting. So we could be reincarnated in a human from a different planet because we're just looking for the same characteristics in our spirit form. Yeah, the, the same evolutionary level of the humans that are living on that planet that we wouldn't come in. If we're already, quote unquote, 21st century humans, but we can't incarnate into what would be 25th century, in effect, evolution, nor would we incarnate into 15th century. You know, we would incarnate into a planet because this is going on all over the universe. There's various planets and levels of this kind of stuff. We'd incarnate into a, uh, you know, into the person's uh, on a planet where everybody is already compatible with this. It's not such a shock to the personality wouldn't have to make up an unmakeupable gap. Now, the other thing about the other possibility is if you're a space traveling race and your world might be fine, um, your home world's fine, but you crash on or close to such a planet as we've just spoken about or or not then those spirit forms of those people same thing they would incarnate on that planet or the actual closest planet at that same evolutionary level which means if they were close enough to earth they'd be incarnating the spirits would be reincarnating into new personalities here now again these this isn't taught as beliefs it's taught as a teaching 
the, and again, in all fairness to everything, we there's a lot in this teaching that we're not ready for because it's but it's not just for this time. The Playaren study Meyer's teaching, as do some other civilizations in their federation, because the extent of the teaching is quite deep and vast and broad. And we wouldn't understand, even we don't understand a lot of it as it is. Hold we on, hold on. This is fascinating what you've just brought up here. So mm-hmm. the prophecies and the UFO contacts, all these things are one individual aspect, completely unrelated to the teachings themselves that are entirely just a product of Billy. And no, even, no, oh, no, 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 no. The spiritual teaching has been brought to this world previously. It's the teaching of this universe. It's like the laws of this universe, of creation, authored, but they have to be brought forward by a highly evolved enough prophet. So we go back to Enoch, Elijah, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Emmanuel, Muhammad, and Billy. But wait a minute, how could that guy... Enoch, 13,500 years ago or whatever it is, how could he be that involved? Well, now we get to a little deeper in this. Billy Meyer and the six previous prophets are and were the personalities in which the ever-evolving spirit of a formerly massively huge spiritually developed human being started to reincarnate on earth for the purpose of becoming a prophet to take on the task of bringing the spiritual teaching forward, which they knew was still going to be very difficult and long because people would corrupt it. Every religion, every you know book religion, one way or another, is a corruption of the original true teaching. So they made all sorts of crap out of it. And I won't name things so I'm not directly insulting by name all the beautiful religions. But no, there was a man, according to this information, named Nocodemian, who something like 9.8 billion years ago was had become already the most evolved of human beings and was at about that time, somewhere around then, moving not just as a human being. He had evolved into what's called the High Council – where the very, very evolved spirit forms are no longer bound to a purely material body. It's kind of a shape that is maybe translucent, semi-material, semi-physical, and these are the spirit forms that now have uh, a consciousness as as, as an entity that can in a sense, be a personality, but it's far more than that. And they evolve and develop for millions of years in that form. After leaving the manifest third dimensional, for whatever you want to call it, physical, through evolution, through learning, for millions and millions of years, then you're into the semi-material thing, millions of years there, and then the evolution into the lower levels, lower levels of the universal creation, if you will, of what's called the Arahat Athersata. And there's a book from that level. But you need the prophet who is capable to bring that material back. So this particular leader, person, being, 
Nocodemion enters into that Arahat Athersata level. And I might be messing this a little, but it's pretty close. One time in each universe, each creation, this isn't the first, only, oldest universe in all of creation. This is simply this universe. Once a certain spirit form is in the Arahat, it has the opportunity, maybe you could say it has the mission, to return into physical, human, incarnational, reincarnational cycle to act as a prophet and guide and truth bringer for the still evolving worlds so that the teaching of the universe can be brought forward uncorrupted for the people of the time. Well, good luck. You bring it forward and you end up with things like the Old Testament, the New Testament, the Quran, all fairy tales. If you read Myers, how he rips apart and shows you how those things are really put together. Uh, so suffice it to say, in this tale, if you will, the spirit form Nocodemian came uh, either, I think perhaps, after a long time, at least hundreds of thousands of years in another system, getting things straight, yet to return to the original worlds that he was when he was incarnated as a leader there, he had to return to those worlds to help get those people straightened out. Because after he had been moving on through evolution and all that, while these people had been living, when he was a leader there, living in harmony with truth, love, freedom, and all that, they started to go astray. And they started to produce wars and revolutions and violence. So that was, I think, the first stopping point for the Nocodemian spirit form to return there. And he created something very interesting because you, you brought up something about how, are, how do you deal with these tyrants? And here's the actual answer. It goes back to Nocodemian, and it's called the Global Peace Combat Troops. Now, remember, he's going to try to straighten out people that have high technology, space travel, androids, you name it, lasers up the wazoo. He creates a force, a combat peace troop force, primarily androids, equipped with all sorts of weaponry to the highest degree. But it operates on a different premise. The premise is this. You find and isolate the peace destroyers, if you will, the troublemakers, and you offer them to surrender. You say, you are, you surrender to us. You will not be harmed because this is not about hanging and shooting people and all. Really, it's like the offer that put down the arms, you know the consequences, these are the laws of creation, you will be banished to a same-sex island or place or planetoid or whatever, so that you can have your very long lifespans to think this through and to evolve so that your future incarnations can be, or, uh, you know, personalities that are inhabited by your you know, spirit forms that have evolved enough to be incarnating, reincarnating on balanced worlds and you join the human beings and the human race. That's my kind of glorified version of that. But basically, here's the deal. Time to surrender, folks. If you don't, we will use whatever force is necessary 
to defeat you and take you into custody. And if that means that you put up such a battle that our androids are going to destroy you, then it's on you. We don't choose. That's in our first option. So what they've said, and Billy was publishing this long ago, in our world, instead of having every nation armed to the teeth and mercenaries and all this grief, we would need to authorize a true international peace combat force drawn equally from all countries on earth operating under the true peace combat, you know, creational energy, spiritual teaching guidelines for how things operate. So that at the first sign of a revolution of criminal a action, be it on the part of, uh, let's say, terrorists or revolutionaries or governments who decide they want to rule the world like America has long decided wants to do, dooming itself to destruction in the process. So they would... These peace combat troops, and they could be, they could incorporate probably at a certain point when the technology is, they would incorporate androids, but not clones that are going to kill everything. Everything operates according to the laws, the values, the ethics, the principles. And those people who are deemed an obvious threat to society, dangerous, on the verge of, or already murderous or whatever, they are quickly notified that it's time to surrender and we mean now. Now, again, they would be taken into custody. They would be taken to lands monitored where they can be isolated and protected from uh, influencing any outside world or and any outside influences. No communications, no internet and all that. Uh, electronically and sophisticated manners locked down with all that they would need to be self-sufficient. Now, okay, hold on, hold on. I have two two follow up questions for this because this sure, is amazing. Sure. So, uh, there we on Earth on this planet on the and our version of humans that have existed for however long, we've had seven prophets from the spirit of Nokodemia. But that's not to say that there have only been seven prophets. There have only been seven prophets here on this planet. But he has been prophet to other planets over millions, actually billions of years. Well, at least for a long time. He was a leader, uh, certainly, from what this information. And we could safe to say something like that's probably the case. He is uh, described in the material as the universal prophet. Once he had already done his evolutionary thing and came back to be the universal prophet and to, you know, perform that mission, and I think Earth is kind of the final gig. Uh, and, you know, there's some awful big positives in potential for the human race here that survives will be kick-ass once it gets itself straight, if it does, and have gone through every conceivable self-created grief and be able to teach other evolving races how to do it right, you know, to the degree that it is ready for each race. I mean, there are things we know nothing about here that are in play, but we have to survive and the future has to come and bring some things. Has, has the global peace force been accomplished in other systems and other planets before? Well, apparently so. And uh, I don't know the names or where or whatever, but the way some of the material has described it, 
that this has been adopted by other planets in what is the Federation. We're not a part of a Federation. We are not evolved enough yet. We couldn't, we're not space traveling for one. But the, that there are other space traveling races who live in harmony with the spiritual teaching, who don't have armed nations everywhere, and everybody, you know, armed and crazy to kill everyone, but they have a force that stands ready to protect all nations and protect their worlds, because there are hostile forces in space. Not everybody runs into them, but, the, you know, opposites attract, and like also has a way of attracting. So there are those things that happen whereby strong planetary defense force is necessary. Okay. And um, based on what you said here, if, if, if Earth is the sort of final frontier when it comes to Nicodemian's uh, ventures into being a prophet and uh, spreading his teachings, like the... The, based on the conclusion to that thought, right, the, the, the possibility would then be that this is – the humans that do survive uh, whatever catastrophes are going to come by our own hand for the most part. And uh, we do survive, those of us that do, and with enough time, with enough millennia, with enough advancement and evolution and technological advancement and spiritual growth – Eventually, the humans are the us humans here on Earth are the ones who are going to breed the next generation of equivalent to Nocodemian. Is that the goal? Well, it won't be the equivalent to Nocodemian because the Nocodemian spirit form, as once it returns, it is an already evolved spirit form that had already once learned through its evolution through material life everything about material life and the consciousness and spiritual teaching and moved on to those levels. But the people that are evolving on earth, let's let's just say that there's something, there's a call in this material, by the way, for the spiritual teaching people to form a nation at some point in the future. That's another story. Let's say that happens. And all these people, there, there are teachers and even prophets that arise, but they won't have the wisdom themselves uh, the vast evolutionary development, consciousness-wise and spiritually, which are two different things, as Nocodemian, but that doesn't mean we wouldn't be on our way to do that. That is the destiny of all human spirit forms. It's just that it takes a far longer time than, than what we're speaking about here. Even if there's a few thousand years of evolution and, you know, the, the people of Earth are you know, ready and kind of going out and even becoming time travelers, because there are some, just to look, you can find it in material, there's some future Earth time travelers already observing the Earth. Ah, we'll move on. So let's just say that those among the future survivors, the Earth people, there are those who really pursue the consciousness development and spiritual development, which is a step above consciousness development. Yeah, those will be the ones who will travel as spiritual teachers and prophets, maybe, to different worlds. The men and women who will, you know, when we have a world that has a, has a developmental program where we are dedicated to that and to turning out, if you will, those persons, not to go out into space with our stupid Star Wars mentality because we'll be destroyed, literally. And Billy warned about it. 
we do that, we would be met by beings that are far more advanced and even more barbarous than we are. They would not only take out any, you know, presumed combatants, they'd come here and destroy it, take it over, whatever. That exists too. And this, the universe is full of light and dark and it's got a, it's been around for 47 trillion years, not 13 or 14 billion like the unknowing scientists. And it'll be around for another 47 trillion. I think I'm pretty close on what their figures are. And that means that um, we don't see the big picture. We see a very small picture. And yet that's delightful because uh, there's so much more. Everything in life is so much more to learn and know and to be in awe of. Not to try to dominate and own on this silly little speck of cosmic lint in in the reality of creation. This is nothing. Oh yeah, we're mic we're microscopic atomic scale compared to the rest of yes. everything. Everything. And the beauty is if you think about that and think about even the atomic scale we know and the subatomic levels that they say we don't even know anything about, that everything, number one, exists. It's not a big accident. Not only does it exist, it seems to be operating according to immutable, rather perfect laws that keep tomorrow, this hasn't changed into chicken soup. It's, you know, life as we know it with the various developments, but things are the things because they are made of energy that is formed according to certain immutable laws that turn energy into a piece of metal or into a piece of cloth. I mean, oh my gosh. If we ever just <laughs> appreciated life Scientists, a lot of them are on the right track in terms of looking, you know, what is this thing called life? But so many of them are corrupt that they want power. They want to destroy things and make money, you know, developing weapons. But the human, you know, awe and curiosity about life, that wonder of what this is, and then that's where you go to the spiritual teaching and you go, wow, how could Billy express it like that? Well, he's not even the author of all of it. He's the author of some of it. As he says, he has the ability to receive from the higher levels of spirit and even the lower of the higher levels of spirit, the teaching of this universe to transcribe it into the words we use in our languages that we may understand what life is telling us, what it is, what we are, how it works. All this juicy stuff. Is it known how many universes there are? Probably not. They said there's billions already that there are universes within universes. And oh, yeah, that, pocket universes. Oh, my gosh. And we don't know what a universe is. You know, it's, it, it's amazing. Like it could work totally differently, yeah. Oh, I mean, we, we, we'll know things eventually, but there are things that even the play iron don't know and – I've talked about that with Billy. Now, okay, so the, the this is so fascinating because this means that alien life that has contacted Billy is also contacting him because he is the reincarnate of the spirit that keeps moving from prophet to prophet. They're visiting him to learn from his teachings as much as we're here to learn from his teachings. Yeah, because he has a teaching that 
isn't available, hasn't been available to everybody in its pure form. And the playaren, once they found out about it, then they, they receive it. It's, it's like this. I don't know if it's first happened 10 or 15 years ago that I was sitting with Billy in his office and he had an Apple computer, you know, at the time, not the new, this is going back a ways, and a big, you know, printer. And there's all these sheets of paper that have been printed and crammed out of the printer. And I happen to look over and he goes, oh, yeah, that. He says, well, you know, I also write the spiritual teaching for the play iron and Quetzal he always has to come here and he beams down, you know, into the office and he has to go to the thing and gather the papers and then he beams back up and he takes them back home to the play iron people. And it's very time consuming. I mean, for that, I don't know, five minutes. And he said, so next week, well, I remember this was actually in 2000 and I think it was five or six, somewhere. There. He says to me, Next week, Zafanat Paneak is coming. He's going to fix my computer because then all I have to do is type it and it's going to get sent. There's a code and, and I send it to another little disk and from the server or something and then they get it right there in the players and, and Quetzal doesn't have to come here. And I'm going, oh, okay, so this guy's telling me he's got an IT from outer space on top of everything else. So six months later or a year later, I forget what it was, which year it would have come. I'm in the office and I say to Billy, because I figure I owe it to myself. I got to figure out this guy could just be a master, you know, confabulator here. So Billy, uh, how's your computer there? How's the printer thing going? Oh, yeah, yeah. He says, you know, Zafanat Tanea came here some time ago to fix my computer because, you know, I write the spiritual teaching for the play yarn and Quetzal always had to, he tells me this thing as if he, as if he, he knows it's fact, but he, he's never told it to me before. And he says, so Zafanat he fixed it. So now when I type it in, it goes to this thing, to the server, the code that I go, oh, he says, but he's got to come back. I said, well, I said, well, why does he have to come back? He says, he screwed something up in there. Now I, the computer doesn't work right. It's a headache. I'm going, okay. Two more times, six months apart, I pop on the same question. Now, what I know is that Billy Meyer sees a lot of people, believe it or not. People come from all over the world. He's got family. He's got the group he works with. People from the uh, military base there come and talk to him. The guy, he's not just sitting around twiddling his thumbs or growing you know, apples. I pop the same question again. I get the same answer. There was one difference where he says, now I don't have to do anything except press the button and it goes automatic. That was the only change in the whole story, but everything was exactly the same. And I'm thinking, man, if this guy's lying, he sure, he must have an encyclopedia in his brain. He doesn't forget a damn thing. And the thing about liars is they have to always remember what they told you and they start changing stories. You know, Billy just tells it. So, <laughs> you know, here's a guy. Living in whole other realities and you never know. It's like I've been in, talking to him at some point where he says uh, either I'm sorry, we have to stop because uh, the girls are coming or the, sometimes I met with him right after the girls were there. Who were the girls? <laughs> uh, the girls, he says, oh, yeah, 
so-and-so's Floridian and Yana, whatever. And he's, he says, you know, they're the girls. I said, how old are these? He says, well, so-and-so's 160. This one's 216. And the other one's about, you know, I'm going, those are the girls to him. These are the girls. And it's, it's so cute. One, uh, but it's like, he says to me one time, I, I was talking to Billy and I said, so Billy, What's it like? Because he had come back recently from being with them, and I didn't want, wasn't going to get the details. I said, "What's it like then when you, you come?" He says, "Well, it's hard to come back." He said, "When I'm with them, they are such truly loving human beings that it's just different." And I said, "Well, can you be with the, your own family or your your core group members? Or can you be like you are with them? Can you just be free to?" be that open because he learned how to, you know, be at their level of, he said, oh, no, 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 no. It would be very dangerous to me. No, they, the people here, they cannot uh, handle that. And I know there was something that happened one day and the whole other story, I won't go into it, but where I understood that in a firsthand way. But the beautiful thing about it is that he doesn't draw attention. He's not puffing himself up and walking. I'm going to lecture here and lecture. He doesn't do it. He publishes. He there are things that have been found by people, including me, years after they were published. Meyer never mentioned. It's up to you. You find it or you don't find it. And he this puts it all. Been, yeah, he makes it all public, so you can you can look for it yourself if you want. Free now. Okay, so he is contacted by uh, extraterrestrials of all sorts from all different types, all different locations, so that they can come and study and talk with him. Um, what do the nearest intelligent civilization, is it within our solar system? Is it in the next star? Is it in the next galaxy? I think from what I recall, a Barnard star, I'm not sure, but I think it's the closest one, or Alpha Centauri. Uh, but not, there's no inhabited planets in our solar system. There's no extraterrestrials living on any of these planets. Now, from time to time, they, may they come and base somewhere or stop somewhere on a moon or a planet, it's possible. But these planets aren't all that, uh, you know, friendly environmentally. And they have their own world-sized craft. They travel around, not just in the disc things that you see photos of, they travel in things that are motherships that are maybe 10 miles or more. There's some that might be a lot bigger in diameter, full worlds where they have nature and the, these things. They grow their food on board them. Some of the people never live on a planet. Are there non-human intelligent aliens that come in contact with Billy? Well, not non-human. I don't think just not all not as clearly human looking. Some have been... Um, a little more. The one race, these are not so-called reptilians, which I don't think they've said they don't exist unless they change that info. Um, amphibioid type of looking. But, but ultimately humanoid. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Now, as as uh, now you're talking about the uh, actually the ships that they're flying in, there is a couple of questions related to those ships specifically. Uh, first, uh, has are are there any photos of uh, ships behind clouds? Now, I'm assuming these questions are coming from skeptics. Yeah, uh, there actually are behind clouds yes. instead of just in front mm-hmm. of them. Yeah, there are, and there's photos of ships behind trees, not just in front. 
There's photos of ships partially behind clouds and above the heads of people who didn't know the craft was there. Uh, there's a famous photograph of a hologram of Billy sitting on the ground in India, 1964, in front of the Ashoka Ashram, with a hologram of a cross projected above his head, partially hidden or obscured by clouds. If you want, I'll try and find it and show it to you. Yes, that would be fascinating. Okay. While you look for that, I'll throw the next one at you, which sure. uh, are there any photos of the insides of uh, uh, ships that Billy has been in? Not that I've seen uh, for sure. I He has photos taken from inside. We have those. But there's no photos of the actual consoles of inside now, ships. And, the, and one of the reasons that there aren't is what would be the point? You know, if you think about it, uh, I'm going to have to, I'll go to a different Bowser for that. Uh, if you think about it, we have such sci-fi space oriented stuff that anything that was, um, you know, possibly a, uh, you know, a, a council from a spaceship or what have you, we, we wouldn't even. Oh, we wouldn't accept it. Yeah. It, it could be easily faked just as fake as photos of the, of the humanoid ETs could be faked and which have been faked. I'm going to get this so that this can be in view here. Uh, which yeah, I, I suppose it. that same answer answers the next question, which is the question is, which is uh, why are the aliens okay with Billy telling people about them, but not showing them pictures of Billy with the aliens. And it's because the people would just say it's faked. You know, since they're human beings, what would be the difference? What happened was Billy took some photos where there were two extraterrestrial women. This was done in the 70s. And they were extraterrestrial women, uh, one who visited him quite a lot in India. And then he, because he never really develops films, the films got sent. He drops them off in the photo developing lab. Uh, uh, no, at the photo shop to which they were then sent for development, but they were interrupted and taken possession of by, we think it's the CIA, they were manipulated. And I have, I'll show you, be able to show you that, but let me show you this cross thing first. Let's see what we can do. So this, these are some of his earliest, not the totally earliest, but 1964. Can you see this or not? Yes, I can see it. Okay. Would it help if I make the, the thing bigger? No, it's perfectly fine how it is. Okay, I can see good. it clear. So here, there's about a dozen, 12 or 13 of these remaining this is Asket Ship. She's his second contact person, began tutoring him when he was 16 years of age. If you see, these are the, he doesn't have a lot of lights in the sky photos, but these were her craft, eight of them with her people. And down here, here's the hair of a woman who was uh, looking at the sky here. She was the nana for a woman who was a child at the time. At this Ashoka Ashram. Now this here, let me see if I can do this. Okay, hold on. Billy Meyer is seated on the ground. This is taken, by the way, I'll show you in a minute. If I, well, wherever the camera is. This is taken with a 1940 Bellows type camera. No special effects. And my nose was about as far away as it is now. Because I was there when we were filming and photographing this. Here's Billy's hat. Here's a spire from the Ashoka Ashram. Here is a cross in the sky. 
when you can look even more closely, it's partially obscured through cloud here. I look to see, you know, did they just use oh, yeah, white tape on that or did they paint it? No, it's the photograph. And it's really, I mean, it's eerie. It's just, and here's Billy just sitting on the ground. So something just struck me about this photo of why, what this photo means. So we've talked about the Nocodemian spirit form, right? Yes. And it inhabited a man named Emmanuel, who was falsely known as Jesus Christ, who was crucified, but who survived the crucifixion, and who, along with his mother, a disciple, one of 17 female disciples named Mary Magdalene, at least she was a friend, and there were 17 female disciples, some of those, and some, and his brother James, and, and Judas, Judas Ishkariath, who was a true friend and scribe, not a thief. We we know the, the other guy's name. They went with Billy. They went with Emmanuel after the crucifixion, after the whole thing when Gabriel the play Aaron got the stone out of the way, and my and I keep going Meyer. Emmanuel had been ministered to by healers from India and all this stuff. And he was in the flesh. Yeah, 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 you want to touch my flesh? It's real. And off they go. So they go through different countries, Pakistan and uh, Afghanistan, maybe, you know. And his mother dies when he's about, I think, 45 or 48. Anyway, he ends up in India, in Srinagar, India, where there happens to be a tomb for Mary, the mother of Isa. And for Esau, the great prophet who died uh, here, but who had been crucified in the base of the monument, two human feet with nail marks in it. He had been died. He had been crucified in his land and came here to teach us. He died at about 110, 111 years of age. But his true tomb had been moved. There's a tomb in Srinagar for him. So he marries an Indian woman. He didn't marry Mary Magdalene. He bears numerous descendants. So let's go with that part of the tale. Fast forward. Billy Meyer, current bearer of the Nocodemian spirit form that had two prophets ago in, uh, enlivened a prophet named Emmanuel, who had been, and it wasn't really, the, this is the cross we recognize as a cross. The cross he was crucified on was a Y-shaped cross. It wasn't uh, this typical symbol. But he'd been crucified in his life and came to India to teach the people there. I, I want to stop you real quick and point out something that you just informed on that's not in the Bible, but is actually uh, in the text that has been retracted from the Bible, which is fascinating that you would know that it is a Y shape because that is in fact hinted and mentioned in the texts that have been extracted from the Bible. In yeah. uh, that, on top of the fact that uh, Jesus, uh, Emmanuel, uh, was uh, with Mary and he had children and had brothers and sisters as well, which are all uh, texts that have been retracted. They can still be found, but you can't find it in a traditional Bible anymore. That's been retracted oh, for many, many years. And this it's, guy's it's the, the son of God fl flies around, not a real human being. Yeah, you it's know. fascinating that you uh, managed to well, actually. Well, it's all in the Bible material. If you read the Talmud of Manuel. You get filled in on stuff that oh my gosh, yeah, it's crazy. That's a not not many people know about this actually. So that's impressive that that's uh, Billy is really impressive. That's amazing. There's a lot of stuff that a lot of people don't know about that does exist in these kind of places that you're talking about. 
but that's also been in the Meyer material for a long, long time. So they knew. And the so-called um, sphere of destiny and the Holy Grail, Bunko, more stuff. That There were artifacts made by an ET race based under the Great Pyramid where they falsified the implements of the crucifixion, including a big clumsy old cross, that could have carbon dated been tested and would show us 2000 years ago. They were on earth until 1978 or so, I think. And, and when the player and took them off, they were, they had an agenda to take over the world with a false second coming. I mean, honestly, Jack, the stuff in this material and instead people tune into these imbeciles that are channeling and babbling nonsense and if you can find your future isn't there, folks. It's in the teaching and it's in the information where you can start to learn what's been kept from you by these cynical, demonic toilet paper peddlers like Lou Elizondo. Hey, I wonder if I have that thing up here. Again. What's crazy is that there's so – and like you said, there's there's material that has been buried for who knows how long because Billy's just writing and writing and writing and writing and just putting it out there and it's been out there for who knows how long and things that he he doesn't yep. talk about. He doesn't just go around talking about every single thing. So you got to like dig through it and find it yourself a lot of the time. It's hard to find the true material because wherever there's been a seed of truth, they – Jump in and corrupt it. Alien toilet paper? What am I looking at? <laughs> what is that? Well, here, I'm glad you noticed. So here's my headline. This is one of my recent blogs. Lou Elizondo now promoting UFO toilet paper. Now, why I say that is, let me walk you through this. So there's a guy named John Greenewald, who I met almost 20 years ago. Young, wide-eyed. UFO enthusiast. Well, he has something called the Black Vault Project. What is the Black Vault Project? The Black Vault Project is John Greenewald has been gathering information from the government on aliens and UFOs all this time. And he loves it when some higher up, some somebody will, you know, pat him on the head and say, here's some top secret material. Well, for many years, I've tried to get John to look at the markets and understand where the truth is. So recently, Lou Elizondo comes out with this tweet, although we don't always agree on everything, the undisputable king of freedom of information, Black Vault has come through again and perhaps the most significant, blah, 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 blah. one of the most significant. What is it? It's nothing. It's always nothing. But I decided to tell the story about the wide-eyed Greenwald, who is morphed into a determined opponent of the truth. And when I have that up there, then it, it links to somewhere here. If it, it links to a blog about the age of disinformation, how the black vault locks out the UFO truth. I, yeah, I've been on this guy's case for a while because he, he sucks up the bandwidth with utter useless, nothing of, not a thing of importance. So as I said, uh, you know, quite possibly unknown to him that he's being helped from behind the scenes, manipulators of all things UFO, the government secret service people who cunningly play on and encourage his futile desire for significance in the field, as they have with any number of other overly ambitious dummies who clog up the field. Now, I, I go a little more because I explained that Elizondo had first popped up with TTSA, with Tom DeLong, another dopey UFO entertainment guy, knows nothing, lots of... He, he posts Billy Myers photos and never mentions that there's Billy Myers. 
So Lou Elizondo, uh, in August, a couple years ago, he puts out this pledge, but he's going to tell everybody the truth. You know, all this stuff, push for full disclosure. So I got on his case. And over two, almost two years, I said to him, well, Lou, you know, we, what's the truth about the Billy Meyer case? So finally, I come out with things like this from a week ago. Mr. You know, Lou, I will always tell you the truth. Elizondo was asked to tell the truth about the, this is the singular Billy Meyer context link. And so I say, so are you a hero or a liar, a coward, a profiteer? And then I click to one of my articles and Lou Elizondo if you guys go to this and you decide to look into it, you'll see. I even have Lou Elizondo listening to one of my videos in the background, giving me a thumbs up with a smile on his face. He's a coward. He won't. He won't stay. This is a, you know, big national intelligence guy, big warrior here. So I answer. He's a liar. He's a coward. He's a profiteer, like the butt kissers on UFO Twitter who know nothing. They're all a bunch of dodos. So. I previously posted a bunch of articles. Michael, I didn't know you had the potential in you to be a little confrontational. I like that side <laughs> of you. Are you serious? Yeah. Oh, God, I am. I'm been working on toning it down because I have called out virtually every one of these frauds in ufology. I've done it at events where they've been speaking, and oh, I, wow. I wait for them to come at me, and they they won't because. What are they going to do? They can't make their case. They're liars. They're liars. So, uh, I, look, if anybody, Christopher Mellon, I don't know if you know who he is, but he's a national defense guy, Mellon banking family. He's the partner with Lou Elizondo. I call him out for being a fraud because he acknowledges in writing to me he knows Meyer's real and he won't say it to anybody. Daniel Sheehan, great guy otherwise, very famous attorney who did great work on behalf of humankind. He takes on Lou Elizondo to represent him to get a book deal and the rest of it. I interview him. I've got the video online where I'm on the phone with him. I say, well, you know, Daniel, uh, you know, there's a guy named Billy Meyer. He says to me, yeah, I know Billy Meyer. Yeah, yeah. And I said, well, I've got all this evidence. Of, oh, yeah, send it to me. I said, there's an awful lot. Oh, better to have more. Wouldn't respond. These people are all sold out. They sell out to the highest bidder. And the, the highest bidders in these cases, man, they can afford to buy you out. They don't have anything to do with me because what for? You know, they already know. It's not like I'm Mr. Ed. It's just it's obvious. I don't care for that. I want the truth. Okay. And, so, oh. all right. One, I like that a lot. I like the fact that you you just go after anybody who is directly opposing logic and truth. I respect that highly. That is pro bravo. I didn't know you had such a confrontational side to oh, you. <laughs> yeah. I had to move. I've had death threats in my life. I mean, come on. You don't know this stuff. <laughs> anyway, we'll leave that alone for now. You can even, I don't care if you cut that out of this. No, no, it's fine. We could leave that in there. Um, uh, unless you want me to take it out, that could definitely be removed if you want it removed. It's your call. I, I mean, I have to. I, whatever you think is right. I, I let's just say that the people that I've confronted in ufology do not want to debate me. Let's just put it that way. And and let's say that if you get in touch with it, look at Lou Elizondo. I'm sure he'd want to come on your broadcast. John Greenwald. Oh, just please, tell, hey, if you guys are listening to this, contact me. I will gladly listen to whatever you have yeah. to say, but I will question everything you say. And when you have the link for me on this, you know, I mean, I'll, put, I'll link to it and I'll send this 
to these clowns so that they can listen. I'll say, hey, you're mentioned here. This guy wants to interview you. Yes, please do. Oh, yes, I would definitely. But they better be ready because I will question them. Now, since we're on the topic of you, there's uh, now that we're we're close to the end here, there's a a lot of listeners wanted to know things about you specifically. So I figure best way to close this up is to, uh, you know, get the listeners to get the answers for questions they wanted to know about you specifically. So uh, one question that was for you is uh, they wanted to know what you believe about astrology and tarot cards and past lives in this context. Let me be super straight and upfront. In my journey through the new age, if you will, uh, I encountered everything, tarot cards, astrology, numerology. And I'll have to tell you, just to be honest, I encountered some people who were good at it. I even have a cousin uh, who had done some remarkable work with astrology. Now, as I got farther into the Meyer case, he explained a few things. He said, number one, the you, you know, earthly astrology is inaccurate, certainly compared to Playaran astrology, because they have it as a true science, because things have shifted. And most astrologers don't take it into account, may not even know it. Things have moved around. And for other reasons, he said, you have to understand, these planets themselves are not necessarily in and of themselves generating influences. They are receiving emanations from the central sun that pass through them. And these, it goes on and on about, it's like, well, I think Billy knows what he's talking about. And he discusses it in some of the context with the play Aaron. And they're saying, yes, the earthly astrology is not accurate. Hey, are there some things that are accurate or that hit? I'll give you a great example because I just am honest about this. I have someone in my family who got an astrology chart done when they were about five. Years later, years later, more than 20 years later, they happened to mention to me that they found that chart. I said, yeah, what about it? They said, well, you know, in the chart of all things, it said I was probably going to become a such and such, certain occupation, a kind of occupation I wouldn't associate with them, except that that is the occupation that they became. Fascinating. Stop clocks twice a day. And, there, you know, it's not like all of astrology is all completely wrong, but there was a guy that used to post on my uh, blog, I call him Astro Tony. He's a hardcore astrologer. Astrology is true. Uh, Billy Meyer doesn't know what he's talking about. And he would always send me these predictions. And, well, his predictions, I think he might have you know, had a 5% success rate or something. I'm not trying to insult him. But if you don't know the full story, you can't paint the full picture. So about astrology, I found it very interesting. I think there's things. I had my own chart done a few times. That things in there that I think, gee, that really seems like my personality. But we're talking about the degree of accuracy, not just certain things that are general for if you've got, you know, Gemini rising or, you know, your head is in Uranus or whatever. So these kinds of things <laughs> are interesting. <laughs> so, and same thing with tarot cards. My, my crazy cousin is a great tarot card reader. I just have to tell you. Now, not everything, but he has a gift. I think what he does, I think his actual gift may be that he's more sensitive to the questions he's addressing and he pulls it through these symbolism 
of astrology and tarot cards. And as for past lives, I think we've kind of covered here that certainly the spiritual teaching speaks about that, but we we don't have any ability really. These so-called re regressions, Meyer explained why these things are bogus and how a person can't even know what whose life of the, you know he says he says yes there are these super rare cases and there are things sometimes with people who are in the lineage of let's say the Dalai Lama because they work so hard there on you know creating this consciousness connection so and a kid is born and you can say well I lived over there for some reason they can get a lot of that stuff but it doesn't even mean that they're not the same personality they may have some of the same consciousness gifts or they are made to, to be developed by the lamas into this whole thing. And if you want an expose on Buddhism, oh man, we carry a book called The Buddhist Deception. Poor Richard Gere, he would tear his hair out if he read that thing. <laughs> so past lives, you know, I used to say to people when I had a feeling it was, you know, not the way people thought, I'd say, I was living in LA and you know, you look at, I say, we're in a restaurant, I say, see out the window, you see that guy walking down the street? That might have been, think of that as, that was your past life. There's no more connection between you and that guy that you don't know, and you and whoever is, you know, was your past most recent personality. So it's only really by reading and thinking through the spiritual teaching that we can get clarification. And then, for instance, I read a thing in the spiritual teaching today on meditation on death and why. And how important it is for us to have a clear understanding of what death is and what it isn't, and to meditate so that we get the deeper understanding that then, for the next personality, that meditation that's done and that is gets taken into the storage banks for you, then that is of service to you and your development. Because there are things indeed from previous personalities, previous incarnations yeah. that are accessed mainly unconsciously, but with people who are really highly developed can draw them to them consciously and utilize them. This is why religion is such a prison, such a dead end. I am your God, and if you don't do what I think you should do and tell you, I'm going to dip you in hot lead for eternity. How about that? No. Ooh, channeling your inner George Carlin. Greetings. I across <laughs> a vast reach of space and time today. Your masters on your plane of existence. You are the creators of your own reality. And it is set. You know, I, I, I went to all these channelings. Bashar this and all these people. And I people used to say to me, you know, well, you, you went to all these channelings. I said, yeah. And I came away with less than a thimble full of anything that was significant. It's all gobbledygook. And yeah. a lot of the, what they would do, some of these channels, I'll tell you something, Lisa Royal and others, Daryl Anka, they would also read Meyer material to try to pull things that they could throw forward as their own. I'm it's, sure that happens in waves, giant cluster craps of people doing that. Yep, there's another a guy who does it. Um, a big faker, I'm trying to remember who he calls himself. It's one of the famous channels 
This guy uses a singular name. He's an older guy with gray hair. It's not me. So, <laughs> but anyhow, th- these people, they're just shameless. I mean, it's, it's expected, right? Because Billy gets attention, both negative and positive, and people, uh, people are attention hungry. People want to fill that mm-hmm. in. But anyways, let's stick, stay talking about you for a second here because people yeah, are yeah. very curious about you. Okay. Um, do you still write songs? As, well... I am re- – I've been trying – I went through this whole exhausting thing and I was trying to get to finishing recording a song I wrote a while ago because I have so many songs I never recorded. I've written lots of songs. And I had a radio show on which I had a song called Don't Go Along With That. I wrote it at least 25 years ago. It is the time of avaricious men lost in their lust for power, baby. Here they come again. First they wave the flag to distract you from the truth, and we pay like hell for the lies they tell. The thieves are on the loose. Don't go along with that. In the land of the free, that's the way we give away our liberty. And this whole thing. So with all the stuff that started to come down, I had a radio show going for, I don't know, four months or whatever. So I recorded that song. I had a recording of it. I did it about four years, five years ago. Now I'm about to do the recording of a song that I also wrote that long ago. It's called New Wind Blowing. Um, what's the words on that thing? Oh, we broke the laws of harmony with nature. There lies the, the cause of our suffering and danger, lost without direction, trying to kill the pain, addicted to possessions in a world that's gone insane. Nothing we can shoot up ever going to make us whole. Might take time for we realize new wind is going to blow. There's a new wind blowing, new wind blowing, new wind blowing home. So that's the one I'm going to finish. And then I'm thinking, do I want to write more songs or, or do I want to start recording the ones that... I never got around to, and I recorded all these new age comedy songs already, you know, and they put those out years ago. I say so, do both. Definitely. One, you've, you're skilled with words, and two, like, I am excited to hear when these things are completed and dropped. I will love that, but don't stop writing either, because you definitely got it. I'll send you a link. Hey, you know what? I'll send you the link to the don't go along with that. You can use it if you want. I mean, it's, and if you do use it, and you're free to use it, you'll get a if you get a note uh, on Twitter about a copyright, don't worry about it. You just send it to me and I, I've i authorized you and anybody wants to use it. I mean, I can definitely put it so that uh, at the end of this uh, episode, they can hear the song at the end. Oh, okay. That would be perfect. Oh, oh, yeah, oh. I would love that. Definitely send that over. And uh, okay, one more for you and then we're going to jump into how people can access your information and everything you've got. Okay. So what other hobbies other than music do you have? Um, <laughs> what other hobbies? Well, there's some that I, I don't do as much as I'd like. I used to have a lot of fun training in uh, a Russian style of martial arts, but uh, circumstances, there's nobody here to train with. Also, with COVID, I can't go out and train with people. I've done Tai Chi and Qigong for about, let's see, Tai Chi I've done for 50 years and Qigong I've done um, 32 years. And I do it mainly for health and body movement and stuff. Uh, I love that stuff. Um, I don't think of things as hot. I think of everything as work that I'd love to do for work, you know. So, you know, I've been a songwriter for 60 years. Yeah. About sixty years. I like you, the menta- the perspective you approach that with. I'm I'm very similar to you in that case. That I don't consider things hobbies. I also don't consider them work. It's I I do things I enjoy, 
That's and it. Uh, that's pretty. Yeah, that's all there is. It's just I just well, do things you. I enjoy. That's the way I look at it. And I'll show you something here. I've got my resume here on my blog where people can reach me through it. And all the stuff that I've done and been involved with already, uh, I was on A&M Records, a record company back in the late 60s. I was in, I pioneered water purification for famous restaurants and Starbucks and all this stuff. And I produce films and I produce a workshop. I was taken to Europe by a, uh, what do you call it, an advisor to Princess Diana uh, to do it. I, I wrote a book called Future Self, uh, one that Charles, by the way, you know what I was thinking about today? What, what, how would you decide? I've been in martial arts magazines and I, I have an award-winning film I produced with my daughter, just won another award. We produced it in 2009, women who broke through all sorts of abuse stuff long before, uh, you know, the Me Too thing. And I exposed some, some people who are crooks in the film distribution business. What, how would you describe the metaverse? The metaverse. The metaverse is a that's an interesting question because it's a world in which you can have you exist in the world, right? Uh, you, the best example I have is think of a video game that has no centralized goal. You're not aiming towards any real accomplishment. You just live there. So there's a game called Minecraft, and in the Minecraft world, you build and you can hunt for food and you can uh, build a house. Now, there's no goal. You're not trying to accomplish anything. Now, the metaverse is essentially that same logic applied in a virtual setting where you visualize it virtually. So you not only own the ground in which you are, like sort of your computer owns the region you occupy, but you enter the region you occupy usually through virtual reality means or things of that nature. So it's a second reality to some degree. Yeah. Well, can I tell you something? I don't know if you can see on the on my uh, thing here on, on my – oh, I hit the – this is this is on Amazon, but it's on my website too. It's called Future Self, and I'm going to tell you why I asked you the question because it just occurred to me earlier today. I might have to do another video or something. In 1972, a little voice popped in my head. I was living in Venice, California. Here I am. It's not even the new age yet. I'm just a songwriter, and a voice pops in my head and says to me. I am your future self come to you across a bridge of time built by you and others like you that you may know you're an eternal being. I'm going, what's that stuff? So I'm sitting with my pad and then I start hearing this thing. It starts describing to me the first thing, a healing modality. And it's going to have to do with vibrations and frequencies whereby we will learn, just as we already have biofeedback, we will uh, learn that all organs and states of being have frequencies and vibrations, and we will also be able to tune to these using um, uh, machines. And that the, the uh, what do you call it? The medicine of the future, this was the second one, I think, medicine of the future is going to progress to where technician healers will have a, a patient, they will all not just see the body, but the energy body. I'm going, what is all this? And they will they can work on it physically, but also by applying light and sound to the body and the energy body. Two things. Third thing, and you might call this, it says to me, psychograms. In the future, 
everybody that wants to participate in this program will have at least a chair with sensors built into it and a computer. Now, 72, I don't know from computers too much. And you will be able to do the following. You will be able to create scenarios such as, let's say, I think what it said to me was, you want to have a meeting and the location is going to be in the beautiful uh, German forest in, in, in Germany. The, I forget what they call the darn thing. The Black Forest in Germany. And you want to invite Joan of Arc and Albert Einstein and uh, this one and that one. And then you're going to choose the thing you're going to talk about to create a probable interaction. Now, it said you can, you, whatever you want to create, you'll create. And you can appear in this as one of the participants, or you can simply just, as a, these are holograms, right? It says, and it didn't mention it, there's no glasses. It described me full blown. Virtual reality, I guess you could say metaverse, you could do anything you want with this, have any kind of interactions anywhere with anybody. And then it says, because your computer uh, chair has all these sensitive sensors in it, you'll be able to hit a button on your computer and play back. You'll get it, an analysis of everything that you were going through and experiencing also on your unconscious level. Oh, that's pretty interesting. That goes extremely deep. Wait, there's more. <laughs> but I kind of go, I don't know what to do with all that, but I wrote it down. And believe me, I never forgot it. 13 years later, in 1975, I'm at home and I hear, get a video camera. I don't need a video camera. Get a video camera. What am I going to do with it? Get a That's the third time. I thought, I got in my car and I drove to a place in Santa Monica. I went in, I bought a Kyocera big old video camera. As soon as I had it in my hands, I went, oh yeah, I'm supposed to do future cell sessions. That's right. So I put the camera on the seat. I grabbed the notepad and I'm driving home and I'm making all these notes, right? <laughs> I get home and I finish it. And I've got this whole thing. And what I had was, a series of organized questions, not answers, questions. And I I called up a woman I knew at the time who was um, a publisher of a kind of a, now 1985, it's a burgeoning new age magazine of some kind. And I said to her, Susan, come home, I'm going to do a future self session on you. I bought the tripod too. So she says, what's that? I said, I want you to bring a goal, something you want to do, have, or become that you haven't accomplished yet. Just come over, I'll do the rest. So what I did was, I set up the camera between me and my client, and I started to ask questions. What's the most important goal that you have right now that you'd like to accomplish that you haven't? Record. She tells me, I push. So I go through these very discreet questions. What have you accomplished? What's your greatest disappointment? What is uh, What skills do you think you have? What's the timing for the, I went through, I go through all these questions and more. And then I say to her, um, what I'd like you to do is close your eyes and I'm gonna tell you a story. I have read through the thing because I'm making all these notes and I start, I tell her a story and I say, you have accomplished this goal. You're now, whatever her next goal was. And 
everybody would be very interested in knowing how did you manage to accomplish this? How did you, and I would feed back the things that she was looking to do, right? And accomplish, how did you manage to, what tools did you employ? Who helped? And then I'd, I'd say to her, and her eyes are closed, and I'd say, now, in a moment, I'm going to ask you to open your eyes, and I'm gonna ask you these questions. Because actually I described to her first, I, I was describing the, the reality that she wanted to have, I described it, filled it out, based on her stuff. And then I said, now I'm going to ask you that how you accomplished all that. And I did this on a lot of people, right? I would do these sessions and people would come back six months, a year later. Well, I, here's what I accomplished. I did the thing. Some of them were really interesting too. Guy wanted to be a background singer for Michael Jackson. He calls me a year later and he says to me, guess where I came back from? I said, I don't know, Daryl, where? said, Japan. I said, well, what does that mean to me? He said, remember my future self session? Yeah, you wanted to be a future. Wait a minute. You wanted to be a background singer. Yeah, he says, I was just singing background with Michael Jackson. I go, and our session had really been wow. Anyhow, so then Susan would open her eyes and I'd say to her, Susan, how did you become this thing? And she would, she would just talk. I said, don't edit anything, you know. And of course, I'm recording all her answers. And so then this whole thing, and people didn't edit them. So they just told their stories about how they became what they became. So then I said, we're going to do another thing we're going to have a living journal for you. And what we're going to do is we're going to have you repeat a certain question. I'm going to give you a question. I'm going to let the camera be on while you answer it, uh, while you ask it, just ask it and just stay silent for 20 seconds or whatever. So Susan, the first question, what did you accomplish today? Hi, Susan, says Susan, what did you, uh, what did you accomplish today? 20 seconds was just staring at the camera. So I run these questions. Uh, what are you looking to do tomorrow? What tools will you need? Blah, 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 blah. Maybe five, six questions. Now what I do when we're all done, I give them the thing back and they've got these, it's a, really like three things or so. What they have is their life story in video. They then have with their dream that's not yet accomplished. Then they have themselves <laughs> going eye open, telling how they accomplished it. And then they have something they could use any day. And I called that, I, oh yeah, when I had them finally at the end of all this, I have them just look into the camera for 20, 30 seconds. I call that the frequency of fulfillment. So at the end of this part here, um, they have every day if they want to, at the end of the day, they can go turn on, Susan, what did you accomplish today? And answer themselves. I created a loop where they are accountable to themselves. They set their own goals. I did a real interesting thing on myself with this, with the, using multi layers of video, and it was like mind boggling. But um, so that's the, that's the thing I did with it. And in the begin, you know, because of the questionnaire thing, they can use to set the day. They can look at what the goals they set from the last night were. It just goes on and on. It's just so fascinating because it's, re it's real deep psychology that you're doing ultimately. Like there's there's sort of asking the question, looking at visualizing the goal, then explaining the road so that they no longer have an excuse to not go on the road because they know the road. They've already explained it. And then Some, they have themselves questioning, did you do the thing yet? Yeah. And they have themselves also remember telling you the story of how they walked that road to success. So – this is real multiple. So it was a couple of years ago. I thought, 
you know, I had done all these things. I, I'm not, I don't want to do more future self sessions. What, what, how could it? So wait a minute. Everybody's now has got a camera. They've got a phone. They've got a computer. I'll put it in a booklet. Simple. I'll tell them the story so they know how this came about. And I'll give them the tool. And I put it up on, as I say, I put it up on Amazon. Where did I put that? And um, people, I got a lot of people who said, oh, I got this thing. It's great. And Michael Horn created Future Self. And I, I, I bought it. And my husband used it. And he, he got a job. He was, I mean, you know, it's wonderful. But I already, and I have another technology. Uh, it's not with video, although I have a video. Of it, and that's called the Consciousness Awareness Workshop that I pioneered that I sent to Billy to see if I should do it separately. He said, no, that's part of the spiritual teaching. Do that. So I created two therapies. And the one that, the second one I just talked about was the one that I got taken to uh, Germany and Holland, Netherlands, to teach to uh, government and uh, business people there by a guy who was a consultant to Princess Diana. So you asked me about my hobbies and – that's far beyond the hobby. That's far beyond the hobby. That is the most passionate of passion works I have heard ever. <laughs> well, it's all there, you know. Um, so the UFO part, it, it, you know, I, yes, I, I discovered, I told you I discovered those photos in Groom Lake, right? Uh, wait a minute, where are they? Oh, somebody wants to know about why there's no UFO films from Billy Meyer. Billy Meyer took really cl- This is a little fuzzy because you have to zoom in on a craft. And when the craft comes in, the lights go off on the rim and the top. 1976. Nobody's, you know, this is a guy with one arm. and here, This is a big thing. And there were other, you know, they were, I put out a video on that. that um, and then there were other ones. He's had all sorts of films on UFOs moving around trees and everything. And this one got very interesting. Oh, I mean, think, look at that. Look how clear that is in his photos. You know, I mean, so Billy's done that. And oh, and while we're at it, just in case for another minute, in case I have it here somewhere. Let me see. Where where is it? Uh, we did. Oh, okay. A video. Now just watch. I'm not going to show the whole thing. I'm going to try and grab it here. There's Billy has walked into the frame. Billy Myers in the foreground. That's a tree and that's a UFO. Everybody, 1981, very primitive, no digital watch. And he's talking to an ET who's standing off to the side here. And then if I can get him to do it real fast so we don't have to take all day to do it, he's going to zoom about 600 feet across the friggin' field. He comes back and there's his half a left arm and there's Billy. He's checking something out. He's trying to ask the guy telepathically to move it. And the guy, now, he says, I'm not going to move it. Okay, says Billy. Hold on. So now, watch. I think we'll get it in a second. Come on. Press zoom. There we go. It's about 600 feet. He zooms in, and there it is. So Billy has a video that he's in. He's also got another film that he's in with a UFO. I mean, people have no idea. Instead, they chase this utter nonsense around. And I'll show you something. You know, here's the gallery we've got on the blog. Some of the 617 photos Myers taken of UFOs. And also, 
some of the ones that I discovered in a locker in Moab, Utah. That, my friend, is a top secret at the time, 1981 June, U.S. stealth fighter that has been making passes on one of the UFOs in the Meyer contacts. I sent this out. I put out blogs. I invited every single so-called UFO expert and researcher. No person in ufology will even comment because they can't sell it. They can't own it. They can't make up tall tales about it. Okay. So now you've actually brought us to a a perfect point because there are many questions about how to access this information. So what I'm going to have you, we're going to go through these last five questions, which are about how to find information. And then I'm going to have you give all your plugs and all your uh, uh, links and everything so that everybody can find all of this. So the first one is, how many languages have the works that Billy's uh, has Billy's work been translated to? I'm not sure of the total number. It's been there are translations, not everything, but there are translations, uh, some in Italian, in Spanish, in French, in Portuguese, in Russian, in. Um, I'm not sure if they have gone into. Romanian or anything yet. There are people working on them in different languages. People have bought Billy's books, Billy's books from as far away from me as Mongolia, Denmark, uh, Iraq. I mean, just the most amazing stuff. Now, relative to your blog, uh, how uh, can... Uh, is is there an order to it? People want to know if there's an order to understanding your blog and finding specific information. Well, fortunately, let me just show you that in a way there is. Another way, it's just like, let's see, home, here we go. So at the top, home, Billy Meyer, me, call to action, because about the peace meditation for people really would like to not see the world blow up. There's a lot of information. I would like to On, not see the world blow up myself. Yeah. There's an <laughs> online store for DVDs, you know, downloads, books, Billy's books. Oh, please go there. Beamship Gallery, you just looked. Okay, so that's some of it. And then I feature some of the things. For instance, people don't know that a U.S. astronaut, Gordon Cooper, endorsed Meyer's photos. This is absolutely authentic. As well as, you know, a big uh, national intelligence guy I mentioned. Oh, right here. The the U.S. AFOSI guy. Amazing stuff. You won't hear it from any of the people who I'm going to... you know, give you names so you can invite them to all come on and tell their big phony stories. Here's the book, The Buddhist Deception. It's on sale. This is a mind blower. Now, as you go down this page, alien toilet paper, you go down, you're going to see blogs, recent blogs. Here's the military industrial complex. This will blow your mind. Uh, Here's a link to it over here, too. We have sometimes on both sides, Rasputin, the truth about him. One of Meyer's previous incarnations, just a fascinating story. Oh, my God, who he really was. And the sad and bloody history of a former superpower. That's us. What could have been. Now, hold on. I keep on going. You'll see the stuff's all over the place. But, you know, we just keep posting the blogs. But as we go down, I'm hoping to find it. Oh, that's a lot. The visitors. Where the heck did it go? I'm looking for this thing. There we go. Categories. We have prophecies and predictions, 728 blogs about it. Oh, wow. 
UFOs and ETs, the future, science and physics, spiritual teaching, skeptics. I mean, COVID-19, 190. My various shows and all that stuff. And this is all at the bottom right of the website. Pretty much. Not total bottom, but it keeps going past that. But all you have to do is you, you, here's the thing. You can also just put a word in the search engine. Yes, that's actually the next question. Is there a way to uh, do searches oh, yeah. for specific content and concepts that people yes. might be looking for? Yes, just think about the question and the words that you're looking for. And I hate to say it, but I love saying it. I answer all my emails. So when people can't find something, I try to tell them if I know where it is or how they can find it. Okay. So this is all – look, I you search the whole website. This is a free website. The only thing – if you, if you want to buy something, thank you very much. I'll keep going. You can click on that link for the shop and you can do that. And, and this is the main thing that I do is theyflyblog.com. But I also have something else which preceded it. Let's see if I can fake it here. Um, yeah, what I preceded it with was sorry, this. This is theyfly.com, where I also have that video of Billy and the UFO, where this is a scientist physician guy that I knew who was a skeptic of Meyer and then gave a testimonial about the Russian information from years ago, because he knew the areas up in Arkhangelsk where Billy had said the, the Russians are going to move their troops. And then 10 years later, they move them there and he flips out and says, bring your camera over. This guy's real. He's not crazy. And there's stuff on the spiritual teaching. And uh, here's about the medit- peace meditation, which there's going to be this weekend. Um, one, two. Uh, explain that real quick. A peace meditation? Yes. The peace meditation. Salome peace meditation. Here's the right side of peace symbol, right? The whole thing from this to the tree of life. That's it. Not upside down death. The Playaren brought forward to us an ancient saying, an ancient spoken meditation. And that meditation, I've got to find exactly where I have it. I don't see where it is. That meditation has a certain number of words that says peace to, you know, all beings on earth. Uh, let's see if it's in here. Somewhere, it's, oh, here it is. Salome gamnan ben urda ganiber asala hesporona. That's in Illyrian language, a language that goes way, way back in the history of the Playaren. Peace be on earth, on the earth, and among all creatures. It's done on our behalf by about 3.2 uh, million. Is it million or billion? I forget. A lot, 3.2 billion maybe, extraterrestrials who do it on our behalf six times a month. And there are maybe now a few tens of thousands of Earth people doing it because the planet is literally enshrouded with the energetics of delusional religions. And I, I won't go into this show, but they literally physically attack Meyer and other people. It's the most bizarre thing. It's been witnessed. Yes, he's been attacked a couple of times. Oh, by these things, he's still, they they screw with his computer chain. I witnessed, I was there. I watched on his computer. He says, I've just typed this out. Look at it. And I said, what's this? This is Arabic. What's that? He said, that's Albanian. They're cursing me out. I said, what, where did, how did they, 
he says, no, I'm not online. <laughs> you know, I mean, this is hair curling stuff. But basically, this is the meditation that they claim if more human beings on Earth were doing it, that it's actually helped to forestall, to push back a third world war. But there's too many people still praying and hating and all the rest of this. So this is the peace meditation. We have it, uh, let's see, twice tomorrow and once on Sunday. So how regularly do you do it? Every it's it's done on two separate weekends a month, so it's done six times, you know, and it only takes twenty minutes, and it's very nice and peaceful. I mean, it's what it is, and any but you know, it's like if people want to do it, geez, we we want people to learn about it because it doesn't hurt in any way, shape, or form. It's it's quite healing and soothing for the individual, and the reading. You know, when we make ourselves peaceful, we're doing the first thing necessary. We can't heal the world if we don't straighten ourselves out. So that's pretty obvious stuff. And this is the best mechanism they can recommend. They said, look, do this, spread it. And we do. We try. So um, that's something. And so to, to get back, you know, to the, the point, if you will, I have then theyfly.com, on which I've got at least 200 articles. I've got uh, interviews investigations, news archive, press releases, UFO research, skeptical challenge where I mop the floor with skeptics. I love doing that. that I, yeah, should, something I, I've learned about you today that I like very much. Well, I don't take – it's not personal for me. I have to tell you, um, there are people who are very hateful towards Billy and somewhat, you know, times to me too. This guy – uh, let's see here. Uh, you'd He's be surprised. The amount of death threats I get for doing this show on a regular <laughs> basis is astounding. <laughs> wow. All the time. Because I, I question religion uh, as well as I, I believe in logic and thinking independently. And so I am just as much a target as the rest of you are for preaching oh, logic above all else. Glad to have company. This is a guy who's been an attacker of the Meyer case for 40 years. Uh, it's a very strange guy. He reveals things about himself. He started talking about his filming children through a peephole in a camera at, and Billy's property in Switzerland. I mean, this guy's a case. And uh, he's he's a thief. Uh, it's unfortunate. And I, he here's what happened that's interesting about this to me. And that is that in 2009, I'd already had a radio debate with this guy. Kind of knocked him around a bit. And then he approaches me and says, Hey, why don't we be friends and we'll do a joint project. We'll do it with um, uh, a DVD and I'll put out uh, the anti-position on Myers credibility. You'll put out the pro and we'll just, you know, run through the fields throwing flowers together and nothing nasty, you know, it'll be great. And so I said, well, I don't know, I guess I, I don't have anything against the guy. So I, I start to move into the little and I send it a letter to Switzerland. By the way, I have big articles on this. Wait till you hear this. I'm not going to go through it all right now, but I sent a letter to Switzerland to Billy's right-hand guy there, so to speak, no pun intended. Hey, Cal Korf wants to do this project. What do you think? He said, well, you do whatever you want to do. You're free. You know, you do your thing. I said, fine. So I'm leaning into this with Korf. And a few days after that, I already had been into it about a week and a half, whatever. I get a letter from Switzerland saying, would you wait? 
because Billy wanted to know what the play Aaron thought about this. I'm going to actually see if I can find this thing. And he said um, he talked to them and uh, they think you might want to read what they have to say because you're plunging into something that you, you know, Michael, you don't know what this is about. So I'm going to just see if it comes up right away. Although I'm not going to drag us through it. I'll just tell you it's here. Um, and so they sent me this transcript of, oh, geez. I'll just send anyway. So they send me this transcript in there that uh, they're talking to um, about it. And they said what Michael doesn't know here is that Cal Corf is going to try to use him to promote a DVD that he's going to just put this horrible stuff into, you know, just really bad stuff. And it won't be true, but he's going to he's going to do it. And then he's going to just trap and try to, you know, really make things bad for you, Billy, and for Michael. And uh, we really recommend that he, you know, doesn't do that. Now, I linked from it. Documentation, prophetically accurate information from the play art. So what happened, I just told you that um, this fellow who who is Billy's uh, assistant guy, I will ask Billy next week an opinion about your project. Billy will give you no advice about the project. I give you my opinion. I don't think it's good, but, you know. So then I just had informed Billy about the project. He thought about it, aspetized it. So I have all the documentation. So here's what happens. So... Here's the thing, Florena, one of the women, comes and explains that Cal Korf is uh, not a very well-balanced human being. He's very hateful, and he's going to try to do this thing and use me for this. Okay, so what happens is I back out of it gently with Cal Korf. First, I'm just saying, listen, you do whatever you want to do. I'm not going to be a party to this. And then I finally have to say, well, you know, we did get advice from the the so-called imaginary player. Well, Korf backs out the next day, 300 attacks on his website. Gone are the flowers and the fields and the, you know, uh, the bouncing uh, slow motion people running into each other's arms. I mean, f- figuratively, you know, just the most vile stuff. It was actually so bad, and I'm not going to run through every piece. Three websites that I sent it to that were hosting his stuff took his site down. Death threats. Vile, vile stuff. And then he put it up one more time and I didn't go after him because I wanted to know what he was up to. This is the kind of stuff. Billy has had 24 direct attempts in his life. So it's not a joke with, you know, how, as you know, if you go after anything exposing religion, ufology, what have you, you can run this stuff. So there are... (laughs) Plenty of articles. Let's just put it this way. There's plenty for people. If they want to read more than they could ever think about, my website is theyfly.com, and I have theyflyblog.com, and I answer email. I think you're all tired of me by this time, if not before. (laughs) Give them your email so they can contact you directly if they want to, and any other plugs you have as well. Uh, Okay, yeah. Michael at theyfly.com. Okay, I'll I'll give a plug. I did an award-winning film called... The Silent Revolution of Truth. And there are people that have found out about the Meyer case from that film. And we sell it online. Anybody that writes me, just so you know, I'm telling you the truth, we sell it as a download. I will send you a link, a free link, 
if you want the film. They just mention you, Jack, or your show, or free, or something that tells me they heard about it from you here. And you'll find there's prophecies and predictions in here about things that obviously came true since we put it out. And oh my. Um, and glad to send it. You'll learn about Billy. You'll hear him speaking directly. Global warming, terrorism. He'd already been to the moon to describe things. I mean, this is mind-boggling stuff. And we've won awards with it, put it out in 2008, filmed it in 2006. And there it is. That's perfect. That's perfect. I, I saw this and I love this. Uh, all, it's, all, so much excessive information that's in there. So much. It's very densely packed. So if any anybody has questions, that's a great starting point. It, a lot of visuals. It is great. It was written by you. It's perfect. It's amazing. Thank you. And I'm going to send you the link to the song so you can stick it in. You'll send yes. me a link to the show. And yes, please don't forget that. Look, Michael, I highly appreciate you coming here. I was so excited about this conversation and you never let down. You are an amazing individual. You are a wealth of knowledge. You're an exciting guy to talk to. I love that you're always so happy and, and, and energetic and re a really nice guy. Well, thank you. I am trying to keep my blood pressure down. And <laughs> <laughs> So thank you very much. Honestly, I, I, I relish and appreciate opportunities like this because this is what I love doing and bringing to people. And I thank you for making it possible. That's it. No, thank you for coming here, man. I, I love having you here. Uh, I've Since the last time we talked, I've had so many questions. Luckily, a bunch of them were covered because they were asked by a lot of listeners. Listeners had so many questions. There are a bunch we never got to. There's, you, we, Obviously, I have to have you again in the future so that we can go through yeah. more of this and like dig deeper and just you know, kick it for longer. Cause I love talking to you, man. You're definitely a fascinating individual and you, you, you talk nothing. I am way meaner than you are. Cause you preach kindness consistently. And I, uh, I'm sooner to be way more aggressive with people. And, uh, I, I aspire to be more like you and that you do. Yeah. Well, I've got, uh, there's plenty of people in ufology that are going to tell you that I'm <laughs> aggressive little guy they've ever seen. And they won't, they can't be near me. All of a sudden. It's okay. So, this is my kinder, gentler version. You know? I like both sides of you. I'm fascinated that I learned about the other one, and I guarantee I'll be looking on the internet to find all those little glimpses of other you that I don't get exposed oh to. But I definitely appreciate you being here, man. It's really fascinating, and uh, I, I, I love that you... You love the work you do and you go out of your way to share it with people in every possible fashion as often as you can with utmost kindness. And you do go after people who try to attack the things that you do and that you believe in. And that is true honor. And that is you're, con you're a convicted individual and there should be more people like you who stand behind what they believe. And I appreciate you very much, man. Thank you. A lot of people want to see me convicted, but I like your definition better. So. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. I love it, Honest Jack. Thank you so much. And let's do it again if you get some more questions together. And people that write me, I will respond. It just takes me time. And we'll get you whatever you need. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah, uh, give those plugs one more time so they can have it and then we can get out of here. Sure. All, all your things one more time. Okay. Theyflyblog.com. Theyfly.com. Michael at theyfly.com. 
Perfect, perfect. I, I, I can't. I'm already excited for the next time. Who even knows when that is? Because I know there's gonna. This is gonna lead to such a ridiculous flood of questions again. Oh, good. And then we're just gonna create a whole other giant list of questions again. We didn't get to half of this, but whatever. We'll get to more. Okay, we'll get good. to more in the future, and we'll have you back, sure. and we'll have this in depth and like. I don't know. I just like talking to you so much. Anyways. Hey. Come on down. <laughs> Anyways, I, I, I appreciate you very much, and I want you to enjoy your evening and whatever gap I don't talk to you for. Enjoy that period of time. I'll hit you up uh, uh, occasionally so you don't forget I exist so that I can yeah. get you back here eventually. Good. I, I appreciate it. Thank you so very much. Very much. Yes. Enjoy your evening very, very much, and have a great night. Salome. Peace. It is the time of avaricious men Lost in their lust for power, baby Here they come again They wave the flag and smile To distract us from the truth But we pay like hell for the lies they tell The thieves are on the loose Don't go along with that Land of the free That's the way we give away our liberty They can't explain how things have gotten bad Drugs and crime are all the crime So they hide behind the flag They'll trash the Constitution And the Bill of Rights There's nowhere to hide They decide to keep in your door tonight Don't go along with that The land of the free That's the way we give away our liberty First will be the flag Then what you can eat and drink Next will be your attitude, what you say, your feeling thing. Then before you know it, you're a number without a name. We're under attack, we better push back so we don't end up in shame. Don't go along with that in the land of the free. That's the way we give away our liberty That's the way they take away our liberty We won't shed our blood for their stinking senseless walls Nor die for dirty deals done behind their darkened doors We're turning back to the tyranny that's threatening our land We're taking back the power that belongs in our own hands We won't shed our blood for the senseless stinking walls nor die for dirty deals that behind their darkened doors. The Just Conversation podcast is hosted by Jack Thomas, produced by Lynn Taylor, and published by GreatThoughts.info. Art by Zero Lupo, and logo by Seth McAllister, with social media managed by Amber Black.